Hey, well, it's not the show. Welcome to This Is Only a Test. This is episode 49, recorded January 20, 2011. Smith joining me today, uh, the the power trio. Norman Chan to my left. Um, trio. Talk to the microphone, Chan. Uh, to Norman's left is Gary Weta wearing a Piggly Wiggly T-shirt. You're technically not joined by a power trio. You're. A I guess of, I'm part I of. Think a power you just trio. raised false hopes of a Wangcast for your listeners man. there. Fuck. No, they're not Wangcast today. Anna is furiously adding something that is something that magical. Is something made truly, truly something wonderful. Uh, probably that won't be up until next week. But but uh, just. Just rest assured, at one point yesterday, I threw some screws at Norman Chan. Don't spoil anything. I don't, You've I don't. given too much away. No, 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 no. That's enough. That's enough. That's just the right amount of tease. It sounds a little dirty, too. I don't know exactly why. But So this has been a busy week for us. Uh, we started MLK Day with a, what, a 10, 12, 14-hour Trek marathon? Let's not talk probably, about that. That's save that. in right at 12 hours, but yes, yeah. 12 hours. Wow. And that's all we'll say of it for now. Is that is, the end? I'm hoping that's all we'll say of it. Ever Total, again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let we, us never speak of it again. We don't want any women to find out about this. I mean, my wife, I was even, she was like, you have to sleep on the couch. That's just too fucking much. I don't want, I don't want to deal with them. We definitely, I, I mean, I, I disgusted myself. Yeah. Trek is rank. Right. We were just sitting in our own filth by the end of the day. Someone, someone said, you guys look like you were having a lot of fun at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And then by 10 o'clock at night or 830 when oh, I yeah. left, it was like, it was like, this is the dark, we the definitely, dark finish. We, of we, the, we definitely turned yeah. a corner at one point. Yeah. So. Uh, huge news. There's a lot of news this week. Uh, let's just just let's just get past the idle chit chat and banter and get Jump right straight to it. into the big news of the day. I mean, the big news of the day. Well, there's 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 big news of today, but I think the big news of the week is the Apple stuff. Yeah, uh, a lot I of mean, a lot of Apple news. Jobs, another medical leave, indeterminate period of time. Yeah, unclear what's wrong with him. Yeah, uh, they left Tim That's Cook just in charge. Fodder. Well, I mean, yeah, it's something for for wanks, wonks. What is it, wonks? Wonks. Wonks to talk about endlessly. Uh, we're not really wonks, but it's interesting because we are kind of wonks. We're, well, we're I, I like wonky. to think I'm not a wonk. We are somewhat wonky. Well, I'm definitely wonky. Um, I mean, here's the thing. What do you guys think Steve Jobs brings to the table at Apple? Everything. You think Steve Jobs is Apple? Yes, I, I, I think, think. Yeah, he, I, he makes those tough phone calls. <laughs> to like Intel CEO and and makes other CEOs his bitch. Well, I I, I think it's it's partly that the fact that he's got this fierce, you know, aggressive style where people find it very difficult to he's say a no warrior. to him. But I think you know he's clearly uh, the visionary behind that company. I don't think there's any other company, with the possible exception of Microsoft and Gates, in the modern era that has been so defined by one person's vision and personality. I mean, and that's the thing. That's the thing I think that he brings to the table is, you know, Gates, Gates, he and Gates are very similar, even though they have very different management styles, very similar in a lot of ways in that both of those guys are the ones that ask why, why is this a product? Why are people going to want to spend money on this? Why are they going to need this? Why are they going to want it? Enough to give us a significant amount of money on a on a big ticket item because I mean that's what Microsoft and 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 Apple is, are selling primarily not like I, I think, cars but I think Apple as a company is big enough now and mature enough that tons of people are asking these questions I think 
Well, they'll Steve survive. Is not the only one asking that. Question I mean, let's let's point. look at it this way. If we let's jump right now into the Sliders parallel universe, where basically Golden Gate Bridge is blue. <laughs> Did they do that? <laughs> Fuck You're yeah. Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> I'm. I'd ra- I want to be the moderately attractive girl. I want to be Johnny Davis. Yeah, you're 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 oh, Gimli. I've got the I've got the build for it, and I'm the singer. All right, let's not get yeah, this too, is too far. But Blue Golden Gate Blue Bridge. Blue Golden Gate Bridge is a side. Steve Jobs died Basi- five years ago. Well, no. Basically, imagine any universe where anyone other than Steve Jobs came in after the the atrocious Gil Emilio era well, right. to rescue well, then, Apple. You're talking about the past, though. No, but, but the point I'm making is if if Steve Jobs had never returned to Apple, if anyone – HP would have bought him in 2000. Anyone else had come back. We would now be living in a world with no iPod, no iPad, no iTunes, none of these things. Apple would probably be would have been, would well, have been broken down and sold H- off. HP would have bought Apple. Yeah, it would be in, in a, it, it would be it would be in irrelevance today, as opposed to one of the most uh, significant companies in the world. And it's not just the products; it's it's the all the trends and. We, yeah, we'd well, be, we'd be but, years behind. But it, I mean, we'd get there eventually, but we'd be a little a little slower to get there. We'd all be living in Chinese uh, internment camps or something. The, 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 <laughs> I don't think it's quite that grim. But I mean, the thing that Apple has done isn't. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but Apple doesn't invent new categories. They go into old categories, established but niche categories, and make them mainstream. I mean, that's true of the iPod. I still argue that with the iPad, they did invent that category. There was nothing. And the iPod, you say there were ta- there were tablet computers before, but there was nothing even remotely like what the iPad. Well, actually they they is. took something that was in a niche, the Windows tablet PCs, and took it wildly mainstream. Same thing for the phone. I mean, there were smartphones before. Yes, Paul had been making smartphones for a decade. Rim I, has been making smartphones for a decade. I agree with that. And with the and the iPod was was far from the first MP3 player. Yeah. But the but the, you look at the iPad. It basically was just a better version of a very similar product. Same with the iPhone. The iPad is almost completely indistinguishable from what we thought of as tablet computers before that. Oh, and I do think they, they I do think they invented the new category. Well, all of this is pointless because we all agree that Steve Jobs made Apple what it is today. But the question is, well, I, actually, was, I was without gonna, any Steve Jobs tomorrow. I was going to say the the biggest asset that Apple has now is the supply chain stuff. Because, I mean, if you look back in the 90s, Apple was really terrible at supply chain. And by supply chain, I mean saying, hey, we want to build this number of computers with these parts in this amount of time for this amount of money. Um, and when Tim Cook came on in, I think, 2001 or 2002, the guy who's running Apple in Jobs' absence, uh, he he actually brought on he, – he modernized that supply chain to the point that Apple was willing to make a billion-dollar gamble and cornered the market on flash memory, on, on Samsung's flash memory when the iPod Nano launched. And, and by making those kinds of big, super boring logistics decisions, they were able to – own the markets that they were most interested in and and establish kind of a beachheads and and maintain and and defend those positions from incurve. I don't I don't spent did, like another 3 billion I think on. Yeah. I don't argue that Apple doesn't have very capable senior management other than Jobs. I think but what they don't have and where Jobs is unique is in the visionary type category. And we've and we've seen this with Microsoft. Gates was the visionary. He left. Balmer stepped in. He was a businessman, not a visionary. And now we see Microsoft looking well, like it's it was supposed to, to be Rayazi, and then Rayazi left. Right. right. So, I mean, there's, there's nobody saying, "Hey, this is this is the future." I mean, is there a, is there a visionary in waiting uh, at Apple? Like, is it Tim Cook or I don't uh, think it's Tim or, Cook. I think or, it's Johnny Ives. Okay. 
is the is the I mean he's the he's the product guy. Yeah, but Tim he's Cook but is the he's sales more, and logistics he's a, guy. He's a design guy, not necessarily a big picture. Well, that's concept the thing. Guy. Is I don't know that there is a big picture concept guy. Right. Schiller's not that guy. Schiller's just a Schiller's good on stage. Right. This is what I'm saying. There isn't anyone that right. can really step into Jobs' shoes. They, they, with their powers combined, they're going to Ultron. In, Jobs. Committees don't design good products. In the dude. short term, it doesn't matter who they would replace Jobs with. Clearly, the stock would take a dive. The market would react very badly because Jobs and Apple are well, just indelibly seen as as the same thing now well, except it's an inevitability i mean except the day after they announced the medical leave they came out with the, the rosiest first quarter that, announcement that ever did, that did help and i'm yeah. sure that wasn't an accident i mean they they were two billion dollars in revenue above the projection which is a really like only oil companies usually do that like that's an exxon move hey yes. we accidentally made a couple of billion dollars extra revenue. many companies would be happy to be making two billion dollars total not two billion dollars in excess right. of what they thought they were going to be making right and, well, what, what you know what the markets thought they would be making right. well no no it's what their projection i mean their their annual their quarterly their projections were that they were going to make whatever thirteen billion dollars. And were, and did, did they put that on anything in particular? Was that the iPad? Or what was the chief reason for that? Well, looking at looking at the report, basically sales on everything except for iPods is way up. Uh, iPods so took a slight dip. iPods took a slight dip, which is kind of to be expected because people's it phones are replacing. I iPods. actually think it's impressive that they dipped as little as they did, given that you've got to figure the phones and the uh, you know the other all the different ways you can listen to music now. I've got to be eating into the dedicated music player. Well, no, iPod Touch is is still doing right. That's song. still doing very well. I think everything else is well, being slowly phased out. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is there's a clear place for iPod Touch. There's a clear place for Nano. Uh, you know, in the exercising crowd. The classic years. cannot be long for this. Like, I'm actually amazed that it survived this last refresh. I, I think I mean, I'm increasingly agreeing with Matt Braga and thinking that probably if you want to get a classic now is the time to jump on that. People because, like to put them in their cars, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's their yeah, thing. It's that's like the new CD theory. changer. You put yeah. your entire music collection. I in just plug my vehicle. iPhone in. I mean, right. But people that want to have insane gigs. amounts of music. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, so uh, 14 million total iPads sold 7 million in the last quarter. So that means they sold as many in the Christmas quarter from October 1 to December 31st as they did from launch on March 23rd till October 1st. Those fools. They make tremendous gifts. Yeah, I mean, I feel sad for the people who bought That's, iPads. That is so time. sad. Seven million people are going to be obsolete. Their iPads are, oh, they can't all be as savvy as us about these about the product cycles. But the price didn't go down at all. It wasn't like this was the right time to buy It's not like they're going to deal is what Norm's, Norm's yeah, worried about. Like if they bought it in March, it would have been the same price as if they bought it in December. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they were just, you know, six yeah, months it, late I mean, and they'll be outdated sooner. The thing is a lot of people buy stuff. I mean a lot of people live outside product cycles. We, we're we very acutely aware of product cycles because of what we do and and the kind of special nerds that we are. But but I think most people – like my dad is – is it, unless the iPad 2 includes some sort of obscene gesture module or something, he's not going to upgrade his iPad. He likes his iPad right. as it is. I know, it, and I know that even Norm has got some very controversial thoughts yes. on this subject. We'll so, talk about iPads. Yeah, so uh, let me go down the rest of the sales. Uh, 16 and a quarter million iPhones sold. That's a lot, it seems like. 160 million total iOS devices out there now. That also seems like a lot. That is a lot. For a proprietary closed platform that only applies to one vendor. That means every single person in America could share one with one other person, basically. Yeah, because there's 330 million people in America. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, a lot of those are dead because, I mean, my iPhone, OG iPhone that I dropped and exploded counts as one of those hundreds. Yeah, I mean, one of those devices, devices is my is my OG iPhone that's just sitting in my drawer. Yeah, for you no you can count reason. for four of those. Right. Right. Or five of those. Right. Yeah. By that, by that report, only 40 million people have bought iOS devices. 
Yeah, because you're good. For, no, no, but not you're but good again, for five. You're not good everyone on iPad and right, but four. we're but we're not normal as that's, as has been is, stated already. True. Um, the other thing that happened is iPad two rumors hit, uh, and Gadget and a bunch of other places reported on them. Conflicting rumors. Well, there's a ton of ton of interesting stuff. So let's let's kind of handicap these. I think this will be fun. The big one is, of course, the double resolution display. So instead of 1024 by 768, it's 2056. No one explicitly said that as a rumor. Let's really? Well, where did it come from? No, then? no. Engadget's the first report came from Engadget, and okay. Engadget said their source, and they maintain this. Their source, and they stick by, it, said that the iPad 2 will have a higher, significantly higher resolution screen. Actually, I, I significantly wasn't even in the report. A higher resolution screen than the first iPad, which they their conjecture was that Apple would call it a Retina display. Right. In order for them to call it a retina display, it has to be 300 dpi, right? No. In no, order for them no, to call they, it a retina I mean, display, they, is they, they made, call it a retina display. They okay, made this enough, right? Up. They call it whatever they want to call but, it. But I mean, if they're following the rules that they've established, I would assume that a retina display is a 300 dpi. Incorrect. Because the iPad's also a bigger screen so and you use I, it further and away. And you hold it further away, so it, so it kind of eyes. makes up the difference. And yeah. so mm-hmm. with their tricky math, just because the iPhone has a 330 dpi, because you hold a tablet further away, you the DPI at which your eyes cannot perceive the pixels does not need to be as high. Yeah, I'm willing to believe that the iPad quote-unquote retina display may not have the exact same pixel density, but so far as your eye is concerned, when you're yeah, using both, it, looks, it looks as sharp. What your mm. eyes can discern. But so the, the 2048 by 1536 resolution came from everyone's logical extension of, of just doubling of the, the pixel doubling, right? which yeah. everyone agrees, it makes most sense. Makes apps scalable. Yes, apps scalable. It's the easy way to do it, but yes. also the incredibly expensive way because then you're exactly. looking at a panel that rivals a 30-inch, yes. $1,000, $2,000. Now, I remember when we were in line for the first iPad, Will, and I said to you, oh, wouldn't it be great if the next one had a retina? Oh, no, we were in line for the iPhone, and the iPhone 4, which had the retina display, and I said, wouldn't it be great if the yes. next iPad had this? And you said, no, 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 and you were quite categoric in your statement that the, the pixel density of anything like that on screens that size is just nowhere near viable. So, Well, but I was thinking about 300 pixels per inch okay. on a 10-inch display, which is okay. going to be crazy, wildly expensive. That, that would be expensive. more than pixel doubling. All right, At so, pixel doubling, we're talking about about 270 uh, pixels per inch. Now, the other issue is you would, you're going to need more processing power to drive that's, a display yeah, That's like the that. big thing. But, I mean, processing power on and ARM is coming along nicely. Video and, memory. And if A5 – if the, so one of the rumors is that A5 is a dual-core – Right. Uh, Qualcomm. Qual- Qualcomm. Uh, uh, I can't remember what they call theirs. Sna- Snapdragon. Uh, not Snapdragon. It is but Snapdragon. It is Snapdragon. But potentially more the, – the, the power that we're talking about that, that you would need would be in there. Well, but the thing is – processing power. It's also shared video memory. It's video, it's video power is what you Right really now need. the iPad I think is 512. Yeah. Or, uh, no, 256 megs of memory. Oh, no. It's shared between uh, video, video and, and, yeah. and system memory. And the iPhone actually has more shared memory because of the higher uh, pixel density and, and the processing power. But – well, lower clock speed, though. It does have lower clock speed. Yeah. But well, Apple has never released what the clock speed of, of their uh, – uh, Anand uh, commuted it com, – uh, com, uh, was able to calculate and figure it out. It seems like it's around 800 megahertz but based on you know, benchmarks. Since Engadget's original report, many other pundits and analysts have come out and said 2048 by 1536 is not possible. Yeah, Gru- and Gruber among them, right, yeah. who's usually yeah, well, pretty accurate. I mean this is, this is what we were talking about last year in the iPhone line is that – like making that resolution screen that small would be a phenomenally expensive undertaking. If they're trying to get under five hundred dollars on the price point for this, 
there's no way. Well, that's one of the big questions. I mean, what's the right strategic move for Apple here? Releasing an iPad that's more capable or releasing one that is comparable in technology but would be cheaper and maybe open up the market well, to people that have been waiting for that? From well, a- we talked about this before. We think the iPad 2, I mean, before any gadgets announced, we, we assume iPad 2 would have more memory, more storage, be lighter, and add a camera and SD slot. But do you think the orig- the existing iPad will continue to exist kind of like the way that the iPhone 4 and the 3GS oh, no. exist together? I, um, no. No, you no, know, no. it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me because the thing is if they can get manufacturing efficiencies down to the point – it depends on whether they can make more money by making new iPad 2s or selling old iPad 1s right. cheaper. But why, th- not, why not offer consumers that option like they do with well, the Well, because if they're, if they're selling out of iPad 2s and they're selling out – and the margin on iPad 2 is a lot thicker than the margin on iPad 1 cheap right. – then it makes more sense for them to say, fuck iPad 1, we're just going to sell iPad 2. Also, twos. it all depends on whether you believe the form factor, like the thickness will change. Because then you, if you have two two different models, two different sizes, then you have two different cases. But, but I feel like there's a lot, of, a lot of consumers out there who, for them, prices, they, just, they like the idea of a tablet, but they just won't be moved on price. They're sitting there saying, hey, get this thing down to 299 and I'll be all over it. And that's not going to happen with an iPad 2, but maybe after a year or so they can get they could get the base level iPad down to that kind well, of price. Well, I mean, the thing I, the thing I think is that the iPad probably isn't a cost conscious consumer purchase. I mean, if you look at it, it's not something. There's no reason, very little reason for somebody in college to have an iPad. You know, they're much better off with a small notebook or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice thing to have. It's convenient and handy. And there's lots of good games. You can watch movies in the plane and stuff like that. But if you need something to take notes in class and to do schoolwork on, it's not the good. It's not oh, a no. good device it's, for you. Not not at all. Um, it's for sitting on the couch and browsing the internet and fucking around and and not carrying a Kindle and a laptop. But these are all exactly trips. the reasons why I think it would be attractive to people at a lower price point because it's not something you need. It's a luxury. So maybe I don't want to spend too much money. Well, it's so, nice to have. So here's my thought. There's two ways that Apple can go. One is that they can make a really crazy high end one, keep it at the five hundred dollar price point, and keep their margins relatively small. The other thing that they could do that I think would be actually pretty clever is to uh, make the margin bigger, sell it at 500 at launch, and then just be prepared to fucking cut the bottom out of the price when the Motorola, when the when the Android tablets hit in earnest when we right. start seeing Honeycomb, right? Because those are going to come out aggressively priced uh, compared to the the iPad. I don't think they are. I mean, they're going to start at at 400 bucks, 500 dollars, but they're going to come subsidized with data plans. It's the worst thing ever. Well, it's a terrible idea. But but when you're looking when you're a when you're somebody who doesn't pay attention to the fine print. And you're looking at a two thousand dollar data plan over the life of a, uh, or, or sorry, uh, twelve hundred twelve twenty four times forty, whatever that is. Uh, if I if I'm Apple, though, data am I taking any of these tablet competitors seriously to the point where I feel like I need to cut my price? Or no, even Tim Cook says they're they're. Well, of course he says that publicly, but I mean, if anybody, I mean, it's get, a good way to make sure that these things are strangled at birth, right? I mean, right. If you just want to get them out of the way quickly. If anybody starts gaining traction, they're they're going to be prepared to move aggressively and reduce price or or whatever it is they need to do. You know, if it's increase increase uh, memory on the devices or reduce price. I like this dual skew idea. I'd not considered it before, but it works with the iPhone. Why not with the iPad? It will I, offer a premium model a, and a cheaper model. It's a bad. It's a bad. It's bad for the people, though. I mean, very on Apple. Well, no, it's not because Gary's right. They've been doing it on the iPhone for for years. I mean, so they can hit the ninety nine dollar. I don't know anyone on contract iPhone, but they have three different. I mean, I'm not just talking about different hard drive spaces. There's three different iPhones that they currently offer. The iPhone three G you can now get for forty nine bucks. They still manufacture those. Refurb? No, no, no. iPhone three GS. Is what you can get for forty nine bucks. Oh, is that right? Okay, so the three GS. My mistake. The three GS and the four. Now those are two completely different. Models of phones with different architectures, different displays. Well, it's like they're making them in earnest. They're just refurbs. 
I mean, it's just for it's just. Do like, we, we, they have, know that they're no longer manufacturing the 3GS? No, no. I mean, they have to continue manufacturing the 3GS until the Apple Care one runs out because they have to be able to replace them. Right. If you drop your 3GS, you don't have a four. They're not going to give you a four. But can I go into an Apple store and buy a 3GS? No. No. Uh, yeah, you can buy one from AT and T right now for ninety nine bucks. Okay. AT and T on contract. Stuff. And I'm sure I you can buy Apple it from Apple back. too. All right, so so, but you guys think what's what's more likely is that the the, the iPad will simply be replaced with the iPad. Too. I think we're going to see a moderate moderate em- enhancement that that their margin stays the same or improves on, and is a better, more attractive. I don't think it's going to be a super compelling upgrade for iPad. Um, where are we? So, and where are we then on this display? Fifty fifty? No, I think it's going to be same resolution. And here here goes my bold declaration: if okay. it's the same resolution, I'm not going to get a new iPad. I, I I think I may be with you on that. Not get no. Yeah. I don't care about the camera. I don't uh, care yep. about SD card slot. I don't care. I mean, but if they're not upgrading the re- the resolution, yeah. what are they really doing? I mean, is well, this just going to be an incremental upgrade? Because if thing. it is, you're right. We don't need a new Look one. Look at the iPhone 1 to the iPhone 3G. That was a seemingly huge upgrade when you looked at it. But then when you actually got the devices, the battery was shittier. It was you know it was a little bit faster, but you didn't really too. notice it. It was, it was not a good upgrade. But it, that was when it went mainstream. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see like a $400 price point on this on this next generation device. Maybe the battery life's a little bit worse or something like that, but relatively the same. Not a super compelling. I mean, if you think about it, what did the iPhone 3G have? It couldn't do video. It had it, GPS. It, it had GPS. It had the App Store, which was the big But deal, the App right? Store came to the 2G as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, like GPS was the big feature upgrade for the 2G. The well, the, I mean, the thing the is the 3G, 3G network was what made it viable yes. as a data phone. And, and the reason it was sold Except well. the battery life was terrible if you had 3G on yes. for yes. the first six months of its life. And, and the reason it sold well is because everyone paid full price for the first iPhone. So everyone got a subsidy with the 3G. And so they right. or they kept could, their, their originals. Yeah. They if they, they have my, I, I think if they, as much as I don't really feel like I need another iPad. In fact, my iPad use has fallen way off since I got my MacBook Air, and we can talk about that separately. I know Norm's got his opinions on that too, but there is that that lust factor that the Retina display on the iPhone 4 provided. If they if they have anything, as as Norm says, it may not be the same exact same pixel density, but if it feels as sharp. On a display that size, you're going to go on by that, that immediately. That, aren't you? Those numbers they're talking about, whatever the double of the current two hundred four eight point one five three is, that's basically it's only a little bit less than a, than a twenty seven inch iMac display. Yep. Oh yeah, that's three. insane. And and that would be the only thing that would get me out to buy the iPad two is if it had that pixel double. And I think the expectations were set so high because of the Engadget report and the all all the blog posts after that. Yeah, um, that the disappointment, artificial as it may be will prevent me from buying the iPad. Because, you know, the slightly faster processor, you know, it's, it's, pl- it's plenty fast, you know, as it is. I don't find myself wishing it ran faster. The SD card slot, the front and back cameras, none of these things are really that compelling. Front camera's kind of nice, but, I mean, you're not going to use it that often. Back camera's dopey on a tablet, I think. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we can safely say we feel like the crazy high-resolution screen is not going to happen. It may be some intermediate... I think that I think that that would be a I don't mistake. Think it's gonna be intermediate. Intermediate's going to create a whole host of problems for people who develop apps because already if you're doing a universal app. app, there's four, three resolutions to yeah. support. The, the question is how? I mean, how? Because we know that these displays are expensive. How would they do a display like that and keep the price down? Well, they, they well they would have to take a, a less of a profit. I mean, only cost them like two hundred bucks to make. But that to me is that is the only thing. sexy upgrade they can really make. Everything else is going to feel like who cares? Thinner, thinner yeah. and lighter would be. Thinner, that fantastic. that is yeah, something yeah. we didn't think about, and that is great. And we and there have been a lot of mock-ups of different case designs out I, there. Thinner and lighter is not enough. 
so the I mean the thing the lesson here is again the flash stuff. You know, when Apple bought the entire Samsung production for the next eighteen months or whatever it was around the time of the Nano launch, yeah, that was insane because yeah. flash memory was crazy expensive. But they knew that the that process would become more efficient, costs would go way down, the prices they were paying would go way down. And their profit margin would go up, you know, as that product matured. Right. So, I mean, I think that they're probably relying on the fact that there will be tight, tight demand, high demand, low supply during the expensive window of that production ramp up. If they're going to a crazy high resolution display, which, the thing is, which is why they launched it in volume. March anyway. Yeah, because from March to October is when early adopters buy in and then they ramp up production to the holiday season and that's when they can sell 7 right. million. So if the iSupply cost on an iPad at launch was $400, it was 266 in December. And and on the thinner and lighter issue, I understand why you're saying it's not enough for you and probably not for me either because we're existing owners and we mm-hmm. would be looking at just an improvement on what we already have. Expensive. I think that Expensive. I think there could be a lot of new users though that picked up the first iPad Found it too heavy because that was a common complaint. Well, he, th- Pick up the new one, feel that it's lighter and thinner, that's sexier, that seems more usable, that people would go for it this time around. This is the segment that's the most interesting. People who did not buy iPad last year and this holiday because they're – They're waiting. Because they're waiting. They want they don't buy first-gen Apple products, which is smart. But is this – would a thinner – if it was just thinner and lighter with the camera and SD slot, is that enough for them to buy – Second year, at knowing this, at this point you're in. If knowing, you want it, you're in. But knowing that next year is the big upgrade could be the big. I think there's a lot. I mean, you know, I understand there are a lot of people that don't like to buy first gen Apple products. I think so far as the iPad is concerned, I don't think anyone who bought the first gen feels burned. I mean, oh it's no, absolutely not. No, perfectly capable, but. Um, yeah, I mean, compared to a computer, I feel like I've gotten my 500 bucks right. worth. But there are many people point. out there that do like to wait, and now they'll feel more comfortable, A, because they feel like their technology has settled down with the second generation, and because now the platform's pre- – you're not taking a risk by buying it now. It's clearly a successful product right. that's here to stay. He, so here's here's the uh, – we've talked about the iPad a lot. I want to move on. But uh, no home button. Anybody think that's a good idea? That's a rumor? Think, I don't think that's real. Yeah, that seems, be home button. seems Is that dumb. a rumor? That was one of the rumors. Is that is that is that something to do with the iOS update that I saw that had the multi gestural stuff? It, it, no, the multi gestural stuff came out after that. But BGR uh, Boy Genius Report put out a report that said uh, there will be no home button, and you'll do like multi gesture swiping up to pull up the uh, yeah. the home screen. Which I think, I mean, it's not that there's no power button; it's just the home button. I think that's a bad idea because the home, the home button, just having one button, it's. It's where all the intuitiveness of the iPad comes in. Everyone knows to press the home button. If anything goes wrong, you know, you press the home button to kind of reset the device. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, SD card slot, I think, is a deadlock. I'd be yeah. shocked if they don't include that, uh, just to, from based on the number of camera kits they've sold. Um, and then, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't say just based on the number of camera kits because they're making a lot of money on those camera kits. So, oh, I understand. But, I mean, when, when the attach rate – I mean, I don't know what the attach rate on that is. But it was sold out until August. So, so you're saying that they they will they know that's a functionality that everyone wants, and they would sacrifice that forty fifty dollar margin on a accessory to give people what they want. There's always room for new accessories. The um the lesson the of success Apple. of that camera kit surprises me because I it, it didn't strike me as something that a lot of people would feel strongly about doing. But I guess people want to take their SD card right out of their camera and be able to view those pictures right on the iPad. Well, display. if you talk about iPad as like a primary computer for grandmas and and just yeah. casual users. They don't want to have right. to sync through iTunes. They want on their iPad get the songs directly, the photos directly, and not have it plugged into any other laptop. The other thing I would love to see this go around, and I know this is a pet peeve of Will's, is seeing the iPad and really all the iOS devices 
just work right out of the box without needing to. Yeah, plug I mean, them they, they have to be standalone devices. It's asinine. I mean, it's it's absurd that they're not at this point, isn't it? Well, it's not even like they need anything from iTunes. It, they just want you to plug it in, and it's something you can actually do in the store. Like if you buy an iPad store, you can quickly just plug it in to a Mac at the store. But still, you I, shouldn't have to. You do shouldn't it. have to. Absolutely. I, I mean, these devices are pocket computers. Let's let's treat them as such. Given now that of... you can buy music and load content onto the device, right. you know, over Wi-Fi, why why do we need to? Oh, there, there you go. Wi-Fi sinking. What do you think? I, I no want to see it. No it's got to really be coming, right? It. I think that's part of air, the AirPlay stuff. I mean, I think that'll come between the stuff that's you can do that with the, you can sync music and videos and stuff between Macs wirelessly now with mm-hmm. or, or iTunes wirelessly now, Windows mm-hmm. and Macs with, with home sharing. I mean, I think that that that's has not to syncing, come. Though, that's just sharing, streaming. Well, you can set it up to sync though, so you can set it up to automatically transfer whatever is new from one PC to the next. I want to be able nice. to bring my iPhone home with whatever pictures I've taken that day and get them on my computer without having to physically connect it. Without, yeah. you know, just press a button and do I wouldn't hold my thing. breath on that. Why not? It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a, it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, but I mean, the, well, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of downsides. There's user inter- interactivity stuff. You, you don't want, you want that to happen in a controlled way. So you want it to happen when it's plugged into power or something like that. You don't want it to just run. You, you don't want to put your phone in your pocket in the morning have it do all that shit over wireless, and then when you get in the car and try to look at your email, you realize you have forty percent battery left because it's been doing all this crazy wireless. Fine, if it's having it plugged in, and that's yeah. I mean, the, having it plugged in is the Zoom is the way Zoom handles it, and it works well. When can we expect the? When's the Apple event that's going to lay all these rumors to rest? I think we'll see it after the WebOS event uh, sometime in middle February would be, I guess, end February, of February 9th is WebOS. So let's talk about competitors quickly because yeah, this is this is the other big rumor that came out this week is the. The WebOS thing. So I missed this one. Yeah. You want to go? Uh, HP sent out announcements. Also, Engadget broke the story. They got some renders of what looks like WebOS tablet. And HP uh, filed some uh, trademarks. I think, what it, what's it called? Topaz and Opal. Yeah. So there's two. There's a 9-inch and a 7-inch. The 9-inch is Topaz. The 7-inch is Opal. It seems as though the 7-inch is like highly focused as an e-reading device, uh, while the 9-inch is a more kind of general-purpose tablet. And from a design point, it looks a lot like the Palm OS the the, uh, the Palm Pre. The Pre. The so pre these are the these are thinner. Back, little thinner. Um, they have uh, the rumor is they'll have the um, the charging the uh, touchstone the touchstone charging. Touch, yeah, touchstone. I love that. So we'll be seeing the first uh, real fruits of 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 HP buying Palm, right? This is yeah. This what, is. I mean, what this is seeing. this is well. So after Engadget has posted this rumor, the invite went out to everybody who was coming to that event and said basically, hey, uh, we have a lot more to show. What, what you saw is just the very beginning of the hint of what, uh, what we have to show on, on the Tuesday or whatever it is. Now, is there any indication that they've done the smart thing here, learned from what Apple did with iOS and they've rejiggered? WebOS for a Palm format and I would, not just ported it over from the phone? I would be stunned if, if they haven't tabletized WebOS. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. You say learn from Apple. I still maintain that iOS on tablet is just stretched out phone iOS. Like I, iOS on tablet. Well, that's iPad not true. OS. The mail app is is different. Uh, there are many a few apps, but primary interface. I there are many things to be desired. Well, the thing that they've added is multiple panes. So on the iPhone, you always have the same pane. On the i on iPad, there's the option of having like an index and a content pane. Well, I mean, I guess the I guess this is not the best analogy, but what I was thinking was, you know, obviously the mistakes that Microsoft made just thinking you could put Windows Seven oh, yeah. on a tablet. Okay, so obviously that, with yes. WebOS, they're already dealing with a, t- a multi-touch yes. interface. Everything is more friendly to begin with. So so HP is one of the few PC manufacturers that's actually good at adding third like the adding their own UI to stuff. 
uh, while the TouchSmart stuff had some problems with the hardware and the performance of the machines, the actual UI I thought was always pretty good. And and, and they're smart about that stuff. I, I would be stunned if they haven't tabletized WebOS. I, I'm actually really excited to see WebOS running on a device that doesn't suck. I mean, the problem with the pre was never the OS. It was always that it was... Oh, everyone wall- likes WebOS. I remember when they announced it, it was a really big deal and it looked like it could be a serious competitor, but they fucked up on the hardware. Yeah, I mean, the hardware, they were putting on, put on a 600 megahertz ARM 7 or something ridiculous. I remember the first time I saw it, I loved the look of it. And then as soon as I tried to kind of thumb my yeah, way... You just it, to it, it was awful. somebody. And it, it was crashy. Yeah. It just wasn't good. Yeah, so, I mean, from talking to folks at HP, it seems like they've really... They've taken that to heart. HP is good at hardware. I'm really interested to see what comes out of this. Uh, a couple of rumors, uh, three mo- three models, a Wi-Fi, AT&T version, and a <laughs> Verizon LTE. Uh, all of those, I think that, that hits all the right notes for me, assuming they're shipping them more or less at the like same the time. LTE, that would be the first LTE gouging. tablet, wouldn't it? I, um, I don't think it's going to LTE t- tablets till mid mid to late. I think year. I think tablet is the first place we'll see LTE that's compelling. We'll get a big enough battery. Right. Uh, exactly. Will we be LTE seeing – Presumably, well, also, I don't want to get back into the iPad thing, but will we be seeing Verizon uh, 3G iPads? I would be surprised yes. if we do not. Right. Um, the interesting thing, the other interesting rumor is that this is for a September launch. Oh, my God. Which seems, I don't want to say crazy late, but fucking batshit bananas crazy late. iPad 2 will have, will have entrenched itself at that point. I mean, we'll yeah. see. Uh, I mean, the thing is, it's still a really super new market. 14 million units, while 10% of the total number of iOS units shipped is still not that many uh, tablets sold. So, Well, HP is in a unique position as an iPad competitor, as an Apple competitor, where they control both the hardware and the software. Like Motorola Zoom, like the hardware looks ready, but they can't put out the product because Honeycomb isn't ready. That is definitely – that is a very good point. I'm fully prepared, as much as I've, I've said over time that it's, I, I think it's weird or, or unlikely that, uh, that, a, that anything close to an iPad competitor has, has yet emerged. I'm perfectly willing to believe that it's, it's possible. It can happen. Oh, I, don't, I don't think it will be the playbook. I think the playbook will go down in flames and ultimately BlackBerry overall will go down in flames. But I think there is – I think there's a decent chance that a good WebOS tablet – because the UI is really good. And you'd say they've got a great hardware partner finally in HP – that right. that could do something. And also an, an, an Android tablet as yet, maybe the Zoom but, or maybe one that we haven't well, seen there, yet. There are plenty of people who dislike Apple for one reason or another enough or, or love Android enough that they're, they, they're just waiting right now. You know, and they'll only wait so long. But I know people who you know, they want a good usable Android They just don't tablet. want to buy an Apple tablet. Yeah. I mean, is, there's a lot of people. I mean, surveys I put Apple. out right now, user satisfaction with Apple products ranks the highest. But loyalty Actually, Android has better loyalty than Apple. Right. I just don't fucking understand that. I can't imagine anybody that bought a, a 1.6 Android phone buying a 2.2 Android phone after because there are like that. because there are a lot of dogmatic uh, uh, Android true. users. It, it works both. Ways. Even though, even though even though the UI, UI makes them suffer, they'll stick with it because it's not Apple it's, and they feel strongly it's, it's about and the their evangelistic of Android. Yeah. So, right. so while we're talking about Android. Um, Samsung, there was an interesting rumor posted on XDA forums, the XDA developers forums, which is like the Android hacker forums or phone hacker forums, I guess, uh, about the Samsung Galaxy S phones and why they're still on Eclair rather than Froyo or Gingerbread. And basically, the, the it was a really long post, but the, the TLDR of that is uh, Samsung it wants to charge the US carriers for that update because they feel that it's a major update to the platform 
And the U.S. carriers have banded together to say, fuck you, Samsung. We're not charging that. We're not paying for that because HTC and Motorola aren't charging us for those update, the, the same update. So that has left everybody who purchased a Galaxy S phone in the United States, which is a lot of people. I Even can't. a Nexus S. Uh, no, not the Nexus S. Not okay, just the Galaxy. Just the S. just the which Galaxy, is, which S. is like the four the four variants. So it's uh, the Captivate, the Epic, the Fascinate, and the Vibrant. Vibrant, yeah. This is what I think is unfortunate about the whole Android business model. There's a lot of things that are great about it. Yeah, but it's it's unfortunate the way that depending on your phone and your carrier. You don't know when you're going to be able to get the latest OS because between all the different phones, all the different carriers, and Google in the middle of it all, it's just a mess. Well, and this is this is you know when Android phones first came out and people were talking about over the air OS updates. When you were on an iPhone 3G and you know you had to download a 400 megabyte file over your shitty DSL connection or whatever and update your iPhone that way, over the air updates sound awesome, right? I mean, it sounds like a good idea. But then in practice, when when you have four different companies or three different companies involved, they're all bickering with each other. If somebody wants to get paid, nobody wants to write the check, then and, – and just to be clear, the Samsung thing, totally rumored, posted on the forums by an anonymous dude. Could be completely f- false, but – I mean, it rang true, and, and well, it's just another example of things that we're already seeing. There are, you know, it's perfectly possible to have a particular phone on a particular carrier, right? And but and you know that you're an Android phone, and there are better, newer versions of Android are out there, but you can't get it on your phone because of whatever political bullshit is in the right. way. And and I mean that 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 to me shows the benefit of sideloading OS updates because I'd much rather just go to Samsung's website, download a file, jam it on the phone, and be done. Then have to wait for AT and T to get their shit together to roll out all their crappy updated navigator apps and all that stuff. Right. I mean, it, it's it's there's pros and cons to both sides, but this is the big con of over the air updates for, for Android. Yeah, I mean, I would feel gun shot if I decided to go Android tomorrow. I'm I never would, buying another Samsung phone. Uh, well, Android I would feel very gun shy about buying policy. any Android phone simply because I just don't know. I would have to do a lot of research into well, am I likely? Well, the same to see is, the mo- see, be able to see the newest updates first. I guess you get the Google if you go went with the Nexus. That's the only way you could get. I mean, that's it. it. That's the way. That's the way you do it. So, um, it, I mean, I I'd love to see manufacturers commit to constant, timely updates to to Android phones. Uh, you know, I'd like to see Motorola say, "Hey, we're releasing the Droid three this month. We're going to support this phone through, you know, two and a half, three years out, and we're going to release." OS updates within X number of days of the of Google dropping us the code. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they can promise that. But it, I mean, I feel like as a as a phone customer, that's what I would like to have for you know from Android. Now, just to go back to the WebOS tablet, um, the 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 most compelling thing, and the reason why I think the iPhone and Android are the two most viable uh, smartphone platforms right now is because they have very big, vibrant app markets. Yeah. Uh, how, is that is WebOS going to be coming in from a standing start there? They, they uh, need to get some apps, right? WebOS has, I think, five or 6,000 apps. It's a relatively small number. They have a lot of kind of high-profile stuff, including things like Kindle and Pandora and a bunch of Game Loft games. Maybe and like stuff the Cornerstone like that. apps. That and this could have. be why the, the rumor is that they're launching in September. Is that they could yeah. do the, the announcement of the SDK launch? Deals. Well, I mean, yeah. there, there's an HP dev kit phone out right now that you can buy for $500 off contract that runs on AT&T. But that's right. just the phone. It's just the phone. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I think that HP clearly bought Palm specifically for WebOS, and it's going to be a large part of their strategy going forward. This so. is the other thing that, that I would feel like if I went with, uh, I mean, with Android, I'm, I'm going to be pretty much okay. But if I've got, a, you know, and BlackBerry to, to, a, to a certain extent as well, but if I've got like a WebOS 
or a, um, a you WinFone Seven. A WinFone Seven. I don't want to be in a car with you know you and my other tech buddies, and they're going, "Oh, have you checked out the latest app or game? It's so great!" But I can't get it on my phone because I have a smaller OS, and the developers haven't got around to it well, yet. One of the things that's happening in that in that kind of area is that the tools, since Apple loosened up their restrictions on the App Store, and the tools are getting better, we're starting to see. Uh, you know, more prolific, more proliferation of the best apps from iOS because they're becoming easier to port. yeah, because it's easier to bring it over to another platform. Right. Uh, so I mean, I think that's going to continue. I think it has to continue. If well, I mean, it's in the interest of developers to be able to put it on as many platforms as possible. Well, of course, and and HP is smart about that. They're good about developer relations. I know that they're already out there now, and they probably built tools to make it easier to port Android or iPhone apps over. Uh, the thing that I think is going to happen for the foreseeable future is that like the kind of hot, sexy stuff like Word Lens and and World of Goo and the the new all the new hotness will continue to debut on the you know the highly polished, sexy apps will pol- will debut on iOS and then kind of the super nerdy, uh, hardcore friendly stuff will will show up on Android. And I would bet that it'll all migrate to Palm and and Windows Seven as after over time. So uh, let's see that that's pretty much the the tablet rumors from WebOS we'll, from from HP and Palm. Uh, we'll of course keep you updated on that, and and I, I'm I'm trying to weasel into that press conference. I don't. When know. is the playbook coming? When does that fit into all this? Uh, that is, there's uh, I think it's supposed to be second quarter, right? So that could one, be as late, late as June. No, so 2011, play, play one way or sooner, another, sooner rather than later, we're gonna we're gonna see the tabloid the, the, the tablet market is gonna change a lot, one way or another. In this is the year the last year should have been. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the thing is, I think nobody took tablets seriously until the iPad came out and sold three million units in the first quarter, and they right. were like, oh fuck, what we got to do something. Yeah. And it takes 12 to 18 months to right. launch a product after that. So uh, I mean, I think a lot of these companies went from a standing start. And the good th- luckily for Google, Android was in a place where it was already the, – the kind of hard stuff was already done. They just had to figure out UI stuff. Can you see Google doing a tablet, a Nexus tablet? Is there any logic mm, in that? Maybe. I, I don't know. That's an interesting question though. Mm, I, uh, ooh, that's, I want to say no because even um, Andy Rubin, was, when he was showing Honeycomb, he was using the Motorola Zoom. So I think they'll probably have reference tablets. Yeah, I don't, but that I don't reference think will be a manufacturer's yeah. device. The Zoom will probably be the the flagship Honeycomb tablet, but it right. won't be branded Nexus. Well, and the rumor is that the next Nexus phone will be a Motorola phone because they're cycling through the through the big partners. Right. Uh, other stuff, Google, there's some more Google stuff this week. Uh, just actually moments before we came into the podcast room, Eric Schmidt posted a blog post. Who's He's the former CEO of Google now. Uh, explaining a restructuring at the very, very tippy top of Google. So Eric Schmidt is moving into the executive chairman role, which I assume puts him in like a business development, you know, big money deals going to China and talking to people and crazy shit like that role. Uh, Larry Page, who, you know, is one of the dudes along with Sergey Brin, who was, you know, in his garage at Stanford. The two founders. Google, the two founders. Uh, Larry Brin's going to be the CEO now, uh, focus on products. And Sergey Brin is going to be titled a co-founder, I think, and his job will be strategic, long-term strategic stuff. But they so, are still the ruling triumvirate. Of still, Google. still the ruling triumvirate. I think the the I, I thought that Schmidt's tweet about it was a little patronizing. Patchy. Yeah, no, I mean, he basically I, I think, said uh, the kids don't need handholding anymore, or something like that. I think he meant it in an affectionate. Yeah. Way. I, oh, he definitely meant it in an affectionate way. But it could have been interpreted in a in a very kind of tetchy way. Also, it was is there to dispel any like any any rumors that there could have been some turmoil? Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Schmidt's getting run out. 
Uh, if had Bryn had had Sergey or Larry posted that, then I think everybody thought, "Oh, they finally got tired of dealing with Schmidt. They got exactly. rid of that." Is asshole. this any way a demotion or a marginalization of Schmidt? Um, I don't. I, I mean, I I don't think so. I think it was probably planned for a while, and he was only brought in because Larry and Sergey weren't business guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I mean, you you need to. Have, it's it, I I I really you know if if you in in the context of the talk about Jobs and Gates before the way they've set up that company is is. Uh, very different, but also really super interesting because you know rather than having the biz, the sales guy and the nerd uh, as with Microsoft or just you know the 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 business guy and the and the visionary at Apple right right uh, at Google they have the fucking mad scientist the super nerd and then the hard hitting CEO. I was thinking about this in terms of Facebook on the drive over. Okay. Um, you know, because Facebook is, you know, we're all thinking we've all seen this. There was a movie, network and you know, it's all Zuckerberg is, you know, his profile is very high right now. Um, clearly, you know, at some point in, in in the in the growth of Google, Larry and Sega said, "Oh shit, this is a real business. This is getting out of control. We need a real we're going to make a fuckload of money." Yeah, it, but it seemed it doesn't seem conceivable, even as Facebook has all this explosive growth, that Zuckerberg would ever make a move like that. He, the whole "I'm CEO, bitch." Thing, even though we can't really take the social network as a as a historical document, Zuckerberg seems perfectly content to to. He gives the keynote speeches. He's the strategic guy. He's the CEO. But he's terrible at the speeches. So bad. So so bad. But it, you know, if the let's let's say that Facebook continues to see like crazy crazy Google like growth, do you think it's conceivable that Zuckerberg would say, "Oh shit, I do kind of need like a like a real like." No. Well, I don't NBA. think Zuckerberg will say that, but I think the shareholders would will say, say that. "Yeah, we yeah. we need an Eric Schmidt. We need a fifty year old guy I mean, in a suit and a tie." That's what happens. We need an old white guy in a suit. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then he'll say, "I'm CEO, bitch." Right. 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 I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be CEO. It could be you know operating or whatever. I mean, there's all sorts of different titles. You can make whatever fucking title you want these days. It doesn't. But that was but that was the whole message of the movie, right? And again, we can't take it as a historical document. Most large parts of it were fictionalized. Yeah, so, but Timberlake, you know, in the nightclub, saying to him, "What they want to do is say, nice idea, kid. We'll take it from here, but we're not going to allow that to happen." Right. right? And Zuckerberg this has is managed our to. Time. Yeah, exactly. Zuckerberg has clear in real life has managed to to sustain that so far. So here's here's my question: If you're Mark Zuckerberg and there's this critically acclaimed movie by uh, by David Fincher, written by Aaron Sorkin. It's Golden a fantastic Globe movie. Winner. Fuck the Golden Globes, man. That's bullshit. Um, Probably going to be an Oscar winner. Right. I mean, it, it's a strong Oscar contender, and the movie is about you, but you are a spectacular you don't off asshole well. in it. Well, are you happy about this, or I, are you just kind of sad? I've given this a lot, a lot of thought. I mean, I don't know Zuckerberg's <laughs> thoughts on it. I think I don't think he's really. <laughs> I don't think he's really publicly said what he how he really feels oh, he's about not, it. Yeah, he, it must, I mean, it must be just weird. Just on the social network. I mean, frowny about the movie. face. Even in, a, even in a flattering portrayal, I'm sure it's utterly surreal to see your life dramatized on screen. Right, by the guy from Zombieland, something, no less. So, something you did, you know, five years ago. Yeah, years I mean, ago. Yeah. in a very recent history, which I'm sure you still remember very well. And you can clearly look at it and know what is real and what was fictionalized. Um, That's true. But, you know, I thought the movie portrayed him – I thought it came. I didn't think it came off in a judgmental way. Clearly, he came off as an as an asshole, but also a genius. Yeah. Um. You know, the poster that said, you know, profit trader, billionaire, whatever, visionary. All the all of those things are true of that version of of Zuckerberg, that fictionalized version right. that we saw. He was all of those things, and I thought that seemed fairly even handed. Well, I, I, I mean, it, there's so much behind the scenes there, but but I I just want to know. 
Like I wanted to know what his status update was when he, because you know he had to go see it, right? Yeah, he took couple, the whole staff to go see it. They went. rented a theater. I didn't yeah. know that. That's funny. Yeah, opening day, they all went. Yeah, that's the best way to fuse that movie. Because you've got to, you've got to be seen to be taking it, it in yeah. good humor, no matter what, right? Because well, it'll just look worse if you don't, mm-hmm. right? If you go out and rail against it, but but yeah, how awkward, right? To you know what what's that like when you walk out of the theater with all your stuff and the last <laughs> line is you know you're not an asshole, Mark. You're just trying so hard to be, and you well, know then, then he whips out his phone and looks at his bank account and he's okay. But he doesn't. He but he doesn't. He tries to add his ex girlfriend on Facebook, and it's kind of sad. It's a status update. It's it's uh, just I saw the social that. network. Sad face. No, no, no. <laughs> I think he did do a status update of some some kind. Well, actually, no, because the closing sentiment is right, Mark. The last the last thing that you see is the line that says Mark Zuckerberg is the is the richest is Young, the youngest, the, billionaire, youngest billionaire in the world. What was interesting was I was reading the script, you know, because this is I, I'm interested in that kind of stuff, and I, Aaron Sorkin is kind of my my screenwriting hero. And I was, it's interesting just to read the words on the page. Oh, yeah. Um, and what was interesting is the value in the final um, uh, epitaph, you know, the, the, the words that come up at the end, the valuation that's written in the script <laughs> and the valuation that appears in the movie yeah, is doubled. Yeah. Because and, and even the one in the movie, it's even, doubled since then. Right. Wow. Even just during the production of the movie, they had to double what, the comp- the, what they said the company was yeah. worth. It's insane. Yeah. You, well, see, you just saw it. Did you like the movie? I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, there was it's, actually a really it wasn't like interview. a life-changing experience oh, for me. But it was, you got to rewatch. Yeah, special I'm, 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 yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I'm, I'm going to go back and watch it again. Yeah. I got to watch that and Inception again. I, I got a lot of rewatching. Yeah. Well, definitely movies. I think both movies week. that reward second viewings. Yeah. Um, Aaron Sorkin, he talked about how Eduardo Saverin, the the Andrew Garfield character, yeah. uh, he went to see the movie in a private screening. And that yeah. guy's kind of been like a recluse. Yeah. Um, and he saw it. It was very surreal because he had a private screening on the same day that Lady Gaga had her private screening. And they both got their own private screening. It gives a f- I mean, like, I guess if, 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 I, if, I guess if, she, I guess if you, if the phone rings and Lady Gaga wants a private screen, I, I, I guess you do it. Well, she on, is she on Sony's label? Because it's a Sony movie, so maybe that's how that happened. But I mean, I guess I don't give a shit what she thinks as much as I do care what Eduardo exactly. Saverin thinks. And, right. and Sorkin said that he, the impression he's got that, said that, that having seen the movie Saverin felt like he had relived the whole experience. Well, he walked out of the theater like completely speechless, right. uh, looking like someone who had just been through a time machine. Right. And, mm. and, and Which I guess life. is Sorkin's way of saying we, 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 we got it right. This yeah. was we accurate. It. Yeah. But of course, you know, there clearly is a lot that is. Um, fictionalized you know the whole if you know if you're familiar with aaron sorkin's writing those characters talk like aaron sorkin characters yeah. it's not oh, yeah. like i don't think he's necessarily going it was like watching an episode of studio 60 with yes. much nerdier people and no yes. matt perry and there's a lot of great dialogue and a lot of very witty moments i don't know if zuckerberg is anything like that uh verbose or clever you know uh, he seems very fast i mean i saw him at south by a few years ago or or uh or uh i, I saw him at some conference talking and he's he's very sweaty and fast or was at the time? I think at the end of the day, you'd have to be pleased that the movie exists because even though it makes you out to – basically, there is one aspect of your personality that you are a dick. Yeah. It's – he's – I think people are much more fascinated by him and it's only going to do a tremendous amount it, for it, his it ego. reinforces his relevance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, just today, there's pictures of like Katy Perry hanging out with Zuckerberg at the Facebook yeah, offices. Yeah. He's – I mean, Don't he has now become – Let's not speak of this again. I mean, again, if you look at the – you know, it's hard to kind of discern from the movie exactly what his motivation for creating Facebook was, but it was basically he wanted to be one of the cool kids. He wanted to meet girls, and he is That's and, the whole inter- and, motivation by right. the whole internet. And now he is hanging out with Katy Perry. He but he he did it. He won. That's true. Kind of. I mean, I guess if you assume hanging out with Katy Perry is winning. Well, I mean, again, you know, he's the, these. You know, he he wouldn't. You know, as a as a geek, these are the kind of women that I guess geeks lust after and don't ever imagine being able to have access to. And now. 
That's he is true. that guy. And, and he's one of the most guy. eligible bachelors in the world. Yeah. Simply because he's rich and famous. That's true. And he did it through entirely geeky means. Surprised he didn't start dating Rashida Jones after that movie. I think she's already spoken <laughs> I'm, for. I'm a bit terrible. All right, let's uh, move on. Nintendo 3DS pricing titles and launch Ooh. day. March 27th. This has been a fucking huge news week, by the way. 200. A lot of news. Was like 2011 off to a galloping start yeah. with tech nerds. news. Yeah. And three big pieces of news and then nothing else. But uh, March 27th <laughs> for U.S., 250 bucks. March 25th for Europe. Europe gets it two days early. And Japan gets it a month, half month early. Of course. Or a month early. The Euros and the in the UK folks are really getting screwed on prices, though. They always Instead do. of paying the, the trip, the, you know, the... The conversion rate, you know, for our pesos to their dollars or no, they, whatever. It's the same with old products. Okay. Well, never mind then. Quick and bitchy Europe. So they 250 bucks. I don't know. Will and I have had hands-on with 3DS. Have you seen it? No, yet? I haven't. And I think it's 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 difficult. It's like um, – It's ineffable. It's, all, it's, yeah, it's always tricky when the main selling point of your product is only clear to you when you really get it in your hands. You know, it's not something you can show on a, in a TV commercial. <laughs> it's just like the Virtual Boy. Yeah, right. I remember going to a Blockbuster and, and putting your face in that Virtual Boy. Like, oh, okay, I get Think it. Think of how gross those eye cups were. I get it. Thousands of people jamming their sweaty oh, heads. Well, the good thing about 3DS is you don't even need to touch it to, to see That's it. True. Now, I, uh, a friend of mine, uh, an old gaming journalist colleague of mine from the UK, was at the Europe event, and he, he uh, put a Facebook comment up uh, having been hands-on with it for the first time uh said the 3d effect is great but you really do have to keep like locked laser focus you cannot move your head even an inch on the, the effect is lost and that i think is what we feared well and you have to go for a shallow i mean you set the the effect to pretty much the shallowest depth effect that you can see that you can get while still seeing 3d right right because the less the less wide the separation is between the two eyes the less kind of Jake, you get. I, I heard a lot of people complaining after the press event that they were getting headaches after like ten or fifteen minutes. Well, that's minutes. A, so. I heard another thing. A game developer uh, tweeted or Facebook. I can't remember, but they made the comment that, that several of their developers had played with it and came away from extended sessions feeling kind of strangely discombobulated and just kind of weird. I wonder if that's something that goes away with time. I mean, I, that's kind of almost like when you go play Burnout or GTA or something. You get in a bind. You go immediately behind the real wheel of a real car. Never a like, good idea. No, it's always a dumb <laughs> idea. I mean, your foot turns to lead. Right, your judgment is bad. You're fucking like, surging oh man, off I, of every stoplight. I, 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 like, I can, I can like drift here in this corner. I'm just gonna squeeze between these pedestrians. I can totally, yeah, just drop the handbrake. Oh wait, I don't have a handbrake. Um, so yeah, that's and there's this whole weird business. issue of of not it not being appropriate for young children, right? For also lot, true. Yeah. Yes, All of these things are true. Affect eye development, which you know, but Nintendo they, is that's kind of weird. That's All, always a thing. Does, on, doesn't on affect 3D. us. And those things aside, two fifty dollars, two hundred fifty bucks, it's expensive. I don't think any of us is going to pick it up day one. No. Well, I'm going to pick not. it up so we well, can we'll take it apart. So we can actually – Well, yeah. I mean yeah. you guys have a professional – I want to see like, what it looks like on the inside. I, I, two, 250 is is a lot to ask for a handheld these yeah. days. And the real problem is you know, we are – I was just – I was at dinner with some friends last night. We were discussing this. Um, I and I think many other people are really becoming one device people. I don't want to care. My iPhone, I can get my gaming fix. doesn't have to be the most awesome game, but I can I'll happily play – Fruit Ninja or Infinity Blade on my iPhone, I don't need to carry around a whole other thing. Well, that's the Definitely iPhone comparison true. is that because at $250, Nintendo, with the software on their OS, is trying to make it sound like more than just a gaming device. It is, it is, I heard you can creeping, get notebooks on the creeping DS. into iPhone 
you know, uh, productivity t- territory. So do but we it's think not, it will... It's, it's not going to be a productivity Well, it's tool. not, but it's, it wants to position itself I as mean, more... Just like the PlayStation 3 at uh, 600 bucks is it's a computer in your living room. This is more than just a game console. And that, how has. well did that work out for them? Well, the, the, thing, the thing that I don't get is, two, you know, $250 seems like it's actually more of a nod to the game developers and the publishers so that they'll embrace the platform because it won't be too expensive to people. I, I mean, because I think they could have easily charged $300, $350 for this, and it would have sold out regardless. No, no way. In this economy, think about Nintendo's uh, history of shitty supply on high demand products right around launch. You couldn't get a Wii for a year and a half. Oh, no, it'll, I'm not saying day. it won't sell out, but I'm saying that doesn't mean any. You, you know, the PSP sold out at launch, but you well, know. But if it's going to sell out, then they can gouge, they can gouge the shit out of it. They, they can, whether it's a good idea or not, as, I don't think it is, but I mean. They I could have charged whatever they wanted. We was two fifty. Yeah, obviously it's going to drop to one nine nine. I think it could even drop to one nine nine before before. I don't think we'll Christmas see that before Christmas. I think you might. I won't. I don't think you'll see that until you see them on store shelves regularly. And I bet you don't see them on store shelves regularly until after Christmas. Here's the thing: it seems crazy to bet against Nintendo at this point. You know, they're obviously coming off a couple of massive successes with the DS and the Wii, probably the two most successful products they've ever had. But this, at the same time, this is the company that brought us the Virtual Boy, which, in a weird way, is the most analogous product to this one, right? Uh, I think. But so. I would say the, the one that's based on a on a visual display gimmick. No, I would say DS, the original DS. Yeah, I mean, I think jump. I think Norm's right. I think the thing is, on this thing, you can always turn the 3D off. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like the. But what about one. games that rely on it? It's in, it's inherent in the game design, the not, 3D effect. Uh, I don't think many of them will be. How much is the 3D? Or how much was the DS when it first launched? The DS two hundred bucks, I think. Two one eighty nine. Two hundred or one eighty nine. Well, it was like yeah. one seventy nine, one eighty nine, yeah. something that, like that. That was already and, and people. And that was without a game, just to be clear. Right. Well, with the demo, Metroid. Right. The the ball game. Yeah. That's right. That was two hundred bucks, and that was. Again, there's, there's that ago. psychological barrier when that first digit, when that one ticks over to a two and mm-hmm. suddenly you're talking about you can buy um, – I mean it's this, this is more expensive than the Wii and more expensive than, the, than an Xbox 360 at this point. Well, but I mean the other side of this is that Wii and DS sales have, have dropped. I mean have gone through the floor. Oh, Wii sales are down like 40% year over year because everybody who has a Wii Saturated. is going to buy a Wii. Yeah. yeah, and DS is in the same boat. So – I mean, they're going to do the normal thing. There'll be a super duper slim DS next year, half six months or nine months after the after the 3DS that they announced at E3, and then they'll a year later shrink the 3DS and make it a little sexier because it is a fugly box right now. Uh, and and you know it's it's the normal hardware cycle for Nintendo. They, they've two, got this dialed in at two fifty bucks as a parent or someone making a purchase decision for their kid. And you ask your kid, do you want a 3DS or an iPod Touch? Two fifty bucks. I think everyone's going to say iPod, iPod Touch, Touch every time. Yeah, I think. So if you had to go out on a limb right now, hit or miss? Uh, they, doesn't matter what. doesn't matter what we say. They're going to sell a lot of them. I think well, no, but I still want to hear your prediction. If sell, it's going to sell out, but what would not have sold as much as if it had been 200 bucks. If they had taken a $50 hit. Well, if it sells have, out, it's going to sell the same whether it's 200 or one or four five fifty, because they, they can only sell what they have. I think it's a sell out initially, but at 200 they would have been they would have sold out. Much more, much longer. My question is is more on the lines of is, is this going to be you know a few years from now basically the next DS with a massive installed base and this is the this is the default handheld dominant gaming platform or is it going to be kind of like a, a a little side curiosity? Now is whether now is the time where you can prove whether you're short sighted or. I, I think that I think that ultimately the phones are going to eat into Nintendo's handheld market. Share. That's a big problem. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think that it's really, really tough to compete with a $250 console that only is a game console and runs a bunch of shitty downloaded apps. And, and games are And games 40 are 40 bucks. or 50 bucks. Yep. I mean, versus the ability to go get car- Carcassonne for my iPhone for 10 bucks. Yeah, and the ga- and the, the phone games oh, are just looking fruit better and for stronger all the time. Yeah, the iPod Touch. Infinity Blade for, yeah, what, yep. six bucks? The yeah. phone games are in a wonderful part of their development. And I think I think the thing is, I think we're going to start seeing... Uh, I hope – I mean the only way this works is if publishers can actually charge more real money for iPhone apps. But we haven't really seen it into say the DS. The DS is still going very, very strong. It's not like we've seen well, the, the DS no, fall the off DS a cliff. DS, DS fell off the cliff in last quarter. But again, that may just be a – Nintendo a, lost that may, money. That may just be saturation in that because I mean how many more people le- left on the planet are there to still buy a DS? I bought three DSs over the life of that platform. You know, I, I bought, bought two, two fats I and bought the one first skinny. one and the skinny, yeah. Yeah, I dropped one in the toilet. That was I was bad. almost kind of tempted by the XL because it just it's just so bizarre. I I, <laughs> I have the XL that I took apart, just but it's it's terrible. The pixels are huge. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean that's Nintendo. The, a couple of other interesting things. Everybody hates friend codes on Nintendo platforms. Yeah, they have actually kind of fixed that. I don't yes. want to say they fixed Which it. They sorely needed to do. But it's a universal friend code now for the for the device. So it's, so you you still have to share the dumb eight bit codes. But you can do it once and you're friends forever in all your games. So that seems pretty good. Uh, the other stuff that we talked about before that I'm kind of excited about is the persistency. I, I, I mean, it seems like, I, I kind of ironically, given their position on the Wii, it seems like Nintendo's positioning this as a hardcore gamer device, uh, you know, a mobile device for hardcore gamers, where the Wii is the entry point for gaming in the living room for, for non gamers, uh, with, with some of the stuff they're doing with this. Like, you know, the, the, the walk by, uh, data sharing, where you can put your Pokemon collector in in a in a kind of always on memory, and when you walk by somebody else with a 3ds, you'll trade information with them. Yeah, Pokemon it's names, you know, like Nintendo that. have done so many clever little things like that over the years. It's kind of amazing to me that in this generation, both on the Wii and the DS, they seem to have lagged way behind the obvious, you know, online potential of well, the, they the said system. They they felt like online multiplayer. I mean, Miyamoto said it, and and uh, uh, Iwata-san said it as well uh, that. People don't want multiplayer, and I, I mean, I think normal people don't want multiplayer, but kind of the traditional core gamer definitely does. Well, yeah, and that's the lesson of the Xbox 360, right? And I think with Nintendo, they also have they feel like they have a greater obligation to protect their users from online weirdness. Like the last thing they want is you know, kid solicited for sex over Wii game type headlines. Right? Are we, so are they we have, really still worried about that at this point? I, mean, I, th- I think that's part of the reason why they made it the way they made it. Yeah, I mean, but, but there is no one more savvy about online safety than a fucking 10-year-old at this point. I don't think. No, no I would disagree. No, really? I disagree. Okay. I guess I don't know many 10-year-olds. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, titles. There were a handful of titles. It's uh, no first-party titles, it looks. Oh, Pilot Wings, maybe, it seems like. Love, I used to love Pilot Wings oh, on the old Famicom. Super great game. Famicom. Great game. Great stuff. A uh, couple of other kind of... Yeah, titles. Uh, submarine the usual game. EA roster, Madden. You know the yeah, usual I didn't see stuff. Ubisoft stuff. I don't think unless that submarine game was an Ubisoft game. Is there was there any consensus on a on a killer app like the one game you would want to get with it? The one everybody seemed to be talking about was Ocarina of Time 3D, but I I don't think I want to go back and play that game again. I played it two or three. Is it times a port basically? From yeah, the... it's a 3D version of the of the original. Right. Um. I I think I never played it, so that actually could be good for me. Oh, good God, man! I was never a Zelda guy. I know I missed it. I know it's one of the greatest games of all time and all that stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab you in yeah. the head. Um, the, well, the thing about that, if you have you played Zelda games since then, I played uh, Wind Waker. Oh, okay, Wind Waker. I like Wind Waker. The Wind Waker is my favorite, actually. 
uh, just because of that first act reveal. You know, when you take the three things into the pet temple and it goes from black and white to color and color comes back into the world. I don't remember. Oh, it was awesome. That And that sassy boat. Is that the one, the cartoony graphics, right? Yeah, it's the yeah, cel-shaded like, yeah, GameCube it. one. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. Uh, so that's, that's 3DS. A couple other things. Rumors of a Kinect SDK for Windows. Makes sense. I mean, why would they not do that with all the excitement around Kinect? Well, uh, success, I mean, um, the, Asus is selling their own, you know, Kinect. Yeah, using the same technology, now, is this, right? This is a case, presumably, of Microsoft just seeing the, the massive amount of homebrew stuff that's coming out and thinking, well, we should, we should support yeah. this. I mean, rather, say- than them, rather than them thinking, which I think would be less correct for them to think, oh, you know, we can make this a viable PC No, no, no. I, well. I, I, think it's a, I think it's an enthusiast play straight right. up. Um, well, and the other thing is it makes it easier for people. I think it was always part of the roadmap as an XNA, you know, develop arcade games. Yeah. Uh, and for, you know, for home users without having to buy a big SDK yeah. and all Why that not so. support it? Who knows what may, what may come of it? You'll find the next uh, Johnny Chung. Yeah. Who, uh, who left Microsoft. Now works at uh, Facebook or Google. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Samsung versus the US carriers. We talked about this a little bit already, but it turns out that the Vibrant, I think, is actually getting Froyo. Like Sprint sent out a notice or T-Mobile. I can't remember who is the Vibrant. I think it's T-Mobile. T-Mobile sent out uh, the, the Galaxy S4G is coming skews. out. Um, they just announced that today and it will be Froyo. Right. So many phones. Uh, and then let's see the last thing. Uh, two more things. Uh, I spent hands-on time with the Google Premiere TiVo app. I mean, sorry, the TiVo Premiere uh, iPhone app, iPad right. app. So you can program your TiVo right from it's, your iPhone? It's basically like the Xfinity app for Comcast. Yeah. A uh, little bit more functionality. You can really, really drill down into – like, you, like what, for example, I, I went and I wanted – I didn't – I was bummed that we didn't watch – uh, lower lower decks during the the TMG marathon. I know you weren't, <laughs> but I I'd never seen that episode before. It sounded intriguing to me, right? Yeah. So I actually wanted to go find it, and I I just typed lower decks into the search on this TiVo app, and it said, "Oh, it's coming on three days on Spike. Do you want to record That's this? Fantastic. Fucking a. Bam! I recorded the shit out of that, and it's on my TiVo now. So then, when I'm watching the episode, it actually pulls up all the metadata associated with the actors and the directors and producers and stuff like that of the show mm-hmm. on the app on the app. So you can then go in and see, okay, I want to see everything that Gates McFadden's been in. Turns out not much. Nothing. Commercial. <laughs> not much since then. Uh, but, but when you hit Patrick Stewart's page, then it takes course, you and you can see like his list of dozens of movies. And right. then you go to Conspiracy Theory and you can see Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. And, you know, you, so you can drill down through all the stuff. And the neat thing is it, give, it tells you where the stuff is accessible. So if it's going to be on, on air in the next two or three weeks, whatever they have program data for, it says, oh, hey, this is going to be on the, on the TV. Yeah. Uh, if you want it, if it's on Netflix Instant Stream, then it says, "Oh, hey, this is on Netflix. Do you want to just play it?" And you hit play, and it starts up on your TV. Yeah. Uh, if it's on Amazon on demand, you can gives you the option to rent or buy. And if it's on Blockbuster, I think is the other one it supports. I right got to tell you, you know, it's it's one thing to know that this stuff exists in the abstract, but you, it doesn't really hit you until you actually use it for real. I've had that I've had that Xfinity app on my phone now for some time. Yeah. Uh, but when we were doing Trek Stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Monday, you know, I was we were over all over at Norms and we we're pretty much there for the whole day and I got word through tweets and Facebook things that there was something that I would want to record on TV that day and I thought well fuck I'm, I'm away from home. Yeah. But then the light bulb goes off, hold on, shouldn't I be able to do this? Yep. So I pull up my Xfinity app, I pull up the program listings. Uh there's a button that says record now. I record it, and when I get home, it's on my DVR. I mean, I know that we know that we can do this, but that was my first time actually it's, doing it's it. It's the future. That's that's the moment when you get it. Well, it's funny because TiVo's been able to do that for a long time. I mean, yeah. since like 2002 or 2003, but it was all through some janky-ass slow website, right. and the app was much right. faster, more convenient way to handle that. So it does a bunch of other stuff. 
Uh, shot a video this morning. There's a story up on the site right now. We'll have uh, – uh, I'm going to – for no apparent reason, I'm reviewing a TiVo premiere. It's kind of old at this point. But we're filling in back reviews in the database during the lag time when there's no new hardware. Uh, so that will come up soon. And uh, I guess the other thing is that uh, for 20 bucks, you can – you'll soon be able to port your cell phone number to Google Voice, which seems like a really awesome thing. Yeah. Your carrier might also charge you for it too. That's 20 fine. bucks is just Google's fee. I, I mean so basically it gives you then a – it lets your cell phone, your old cell phone number, be kind of a catch-all number for everything. If That's you good because so you don't have to teach everyone a new number. Yeah, because nobody's going to fuck. I, I use Google number. Voice as a screening work number, so I'm happy with two numbers. Right, I, I, I'm happy with two numbers as well, but I do like the idea of having of moving that so I can get texts and stuff off of AT and T and onto Google Voice. Yeah. Speaking of text on AT and T, a big rumor uh, came out. On. Rumor came out this week that AT&T is changing their texting plans to kind of match Verizon's. Before it was like, um, I believe, 5 bucks and $15, uh, 5 bucks for the standard 200 texts, 15 for, I think, 1,000 or 1,500 texts. Um, and now it's 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 10 bucks will get 1,000, and uh, 20 bucks is unlimited. The price is interesting, up, basically. No, well, no. you have a, the option is you, 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 like, I pay the $15 one for like 1,500 texts, but I don't use them all ever. And I'm going to pay the $10 one now. Maybe it was a separate story, but I saw a story on Engadget or somewhere in the last couple of days that AT&T was raising a bunch of fees, like microcell fees and things like that. They're raising Fascist. the, um, I think, the initial service fee, like the initial sign-up fee. So instead of being $18, it'll be 22 or something? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. The, the, the bullshit on fees. I'm going to bring my cell phone bill in and we're going to break down what each fucking thing on the bill is because it's it's insane. There's a lot of bullshit. The number of bullshit AT&T. Like I'm going to get somebody on the phone and call and say, hey, well, what is this? Go- a lot this of it's government AT&T? stuff too. Yeah. No, 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 no. A lot of it is disguised as government stuff. Mm. Like that federal universal service fee bullshit is all just AT&T hedging their bets about against being charged in the future by the feds. Complaining about phone bills though is – uh, do you are you are badge of honor. You are tilting at windmills, isn't yeah. it? About it. I, uh, there are my too phone many bills states. is one hundred fifty dollars. I can't believe it. I'm outraged. I'm. Let's answer some questions. Wait, there's more to talk about. There's more to talk about. Uh, I got 3D glasses for my Samsung TV. Oh yeah, I heard you were watching some 3D content. Yeah, uh, Comcast has a bunch of 3D content. Is it Comcastic? It, well, it's 3D tastic. Okay, and uh, I didn't realize this with HBO, you get all, the, all a bunch of 3D movies on on demand. Yeah, because you came over to my place the yeah. other uh, recently, and you saw the new TV for the first time. And aside from being blown away by the <laughs> by additional size, size, additional couple inches, um, yeah. you said let's put up some 3D content because Norm's TV didn't come with any glasses, so That's he right, hasn't had right, a right. chance to use the 3D yet. And I said, well, what do you want to see? I could put Avatar on. I don't really have many discs. He said, well, what's on demand? And there isn't really very much until I discovered that HBO does have a whole section. It's all free with the subscription. We watch yeah. a little bit of Monsters vs. Aliens. It's it like looked great. Five movies, and I'm sure there will be a rotation yeah. of movies. Yeah. Um, Mostly animated movies because those are really the only ones where there's yeah. a well, they're easy to, of 3D. To convert, yeah. 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 But it was great. We watched some Monsters vs. Aliens. It so, looked good. So I rewatched Monsters vs. Aliens in 3D, and Samsung actually also uh, they, they loaned me uh, the Blu-ray uh, to watch it. And the on-demand stuff is the quality is just fine. So wait, how do you get the glasses? Uh, Samsung's loaning me a pair of glasses. Okay. To use during our booth tour at CES, Norm bitched about not having 3D glasses oh, for Samsung. Using TV. these connections, but actually the glasses they sent over are not the nice ones. Even, I'm not even talking about the ones that don't work for my TV because they're for next-gen models. The ones where you have like the the weight is in the back and Weldon Lincoln was in fit well over your glasses. Uh, these aren't even the ones with USB rechargeable 
batteries, little watch These are batteries. The original Samsung yeah. 3D glasses. Yeah. Kind of hefty. They pinch your head in the back and you have to use the watch batteries. It's the same with yeah. Panasonic. They're already on. So I've got two two different types of glasses. I've got the first generation that came with the chips with the TV. They're terrible. And then they upgraded them and there's a better set now. I yeah. have those. And those are the rechargeable USB. Those ones. are the ones that are USB rechargeable. Yeah. So and, I they, wish, and they recharge from the I'll have right to come over the TV. and check those out because I, I want to see how they are because I, I, I think, think they're I'm good. Get rid of my shitty well, old you, ones. You said and the, get the new your ones. girlfriend liked the old ones. Yeah, better. it's it's a matter of a personal taste to some degree, but I think most people prefer the newer. Does she wear pair. glasses or no? She yeah, does. we both do. Yeah, so I just don't like them over my glasses because they're too. Anyway, well, we've talked. You, you're welcome so to come I, over and check out the new. So the quality of the actual glasses over all me aside. Um, the actual 3D on the TV w- was wonderful. And the thing that I actually liked the most was watching sports. So it, uh, on yeah, demand, sports is great in 3D. Comcast on demand hmm. has like a couple of recent sporting events because ESPN has a dedicated channel. Nothing now. better yeah. than watching a recent sporting event. I'm well, hoping the Super Bowl will be in 3D this year. It should oh. be. It should be. I don't know about that. I don't right. know if it will be. Only for it, only for Panasonic owners. So the BCS championship game, college football, was sponsored by Sony, and that's why it was in 3D. Mm-hmm. But watching that in 3D, it, it was like after the first half hour of like Wow, this is in 3D. Uh, it looked really weird um, for the rest of the game. Do you well, think, given like, the option, you would prefer to watch sports in 3D from now on, or I would with say the old, old way. I want to watch like a whole week of nothing but like sports in 3D and see if I could go back. Oh, uh, the resolution is. It feels like it, there's not as much detail because it's in 3D. Maybe you're noticing the detail more. Well, no, I bet they're do- dropping bandwidth because of the amount of they don't want yeah, to so like, that much bandwidth. Faces to it. definitely when they're small look a little bit blurrier. And also, like even we have pretty big TVs, the like the figures in the TV look really small because they're popped. Because they look like they're further back. No, no, actually, it pops out. Really, it pops out. So, like it, on a football field, which is actually the best thing to watch on TV because you have the grid lines, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the stands pop out, and like when they have the dangling camera, that camera actually pops out of the screen. Like when they show like the marching band or the band in the stands playing, and the trumpets are on the air. It looks like wow, these are like paper mache or paper figure cutouts, like South Park almost. That's the that's the problem wow. again. Is you doesn't make you really feel like you're at the stadium. It's this it is in three dimensions, but everything still seems kind of mm. the, the individual layers still seem flat. I'll have yeah. to see if this stuff works with my TiVo. I don't think it works. I don't think I get three D three D. Yeah, you probably either. don't. Um, so have you I, played I any say, games, Norm? Uh, I haven't tried games yet. Okay. But I would say the actual action on the field was better, and it was easy to follow. Like players on the field because they were in 3D. There's actually a games section in the Xfinity on demand menu, which oh, I, I think God. maybe you can look no, at no, at least some some demos of what the games look it's like. It's like G4 stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll um I'll uh, bring Cod Blobs and Enslaved in so you can try them out. Uh so so okay, is that all the stuff we're talking about this week? That's all let's answer some questions. Can I play the music now? Play the music. Okay. So last week I fucked up the audio questions really bad and nobody could hear them. But that uh, naturally, after I said no more audio questions, that spawned a giant wave of actually really awesome audio questions. Well, no one could hear them, but we answered them anyway. Well, of course. Uh, so you, you, it was kind of a, we wanted to make it a game so you guys could try to figure out what the question was from the answers that were given. Uh, I went through and did some crazy audio engineering, and I think that I've worked out the problems and that these should actually work. So uh, everybody keep your fingers crossed. Hi, Tested Podcast. This is Jesse from Chicago. Last week, you guys talked about the viability of water as shielding from radiation in outer space. I was a nuclear engineer in the Navy for nine years, and I learned quite a lot about this stuff. Uh, radiation shielding is generally measured by tent thickness, which means how much shielding does it take to reduce the incoming radiation down to 10% of what it was? 
Um, the most common type of shielding is lead, which has a tent thickness of two inches. While water, which is also very commonly used in power plants, has a tent thickness of 24 inches. For a spaceship, you would need several feet of water surrounding your hull to reliably reduce radiation inside. I believe that steel would be much more practical as it has a tent thickness of four, or uh, new tungsten polymers, which are equivalent to lead, but weigh a lot less. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Okay, that's a great Love great it question. when we get awesome. this kind of expert oh, yeah, opinion. Right. Tungsten so, polymers. So you've talked to the NASA people. I'm going to give a shot at this one, and you can tell me why I'm wrong. Here. I may not be able to, but... Either way. I'll try. It'll be fun either way. Okay. Um, my understanding is that the reason people are like are interested in water is threefold. One is that they think that they can find it in space, either with comets or on the moon or someplace where we don't have to lift it up out of the gravity well, which would, we would have to do with lead or steel or whatever, tungsten alloys. Uh, the second is that we need it anyway to provide fuel for the hydrogen fusion engines that will power these magical spaceships. Yes. And the third is that human beings need that to live. We can turn that yes, into oxygen. Yes, especially if we're and, talking about super long life. journeys, which yeah. we inevitably would be. But so, the water, is, does it negate the radiation or it's become irradiated? No, it blocks the radiation. It's, it if it's if it's alpha particles and stuff like that, then I think I think part like of the fallout. I think part of the reason why this was brought up when I was talking to the the scientists I was talking to was you need the water on the ship anyway for all the reasons that you've discussed. Why not distribute it around the ship in the way that it also serves right. this additional purpose? Two birds with one stone. Yeah. I think that's all. So we the were storage saying. storage container for the water is the extra layer, twenty four inches of hull plating. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to have plating on top of that anyway to keep it from now. You can, out and you could whatever. also heat the water and have it be like a, a radiator and keep people, you know, provide. What if it's like a, so, a steam bath? I like yeah. a steam. I like a good steam. Recycle all, that all, water. This is like water cooling. Yeah, it's a for video card for. I think the, the the issue is that if you again, if you're talking about, you know, we without getting into the super sci-fi stuff, you know, if we ever were to travel to another star, then we're talking about, you know, either a generation ship or people in, you know, some kind of suspension for many, frozen many, heads. many years. Yeah, basically. Um, if they're completely frozen, it's not an issue. But, you know, for if you're talking about hydrogen power or needing to keep people uh, uh, nourished and all of that, I mean, you're talking about a, an incredible amount of water. I yeah. mean, a huge amount, yeah. ridiculous amount. We use a lot of water. Yeah. And we can reclaim some of it because they have that thing on the space station now that turns urine into water that's potable. Right. But, you know. Is that a Dean Kamen invention? No, I don't think so. I yeah, think he was, had that clean water device. That's different. That's the reverse osmosis thing. There would, I mean, you know, there's a tremendous amount of recycling that would take place yeah. in all in all kinds of ways, I'm sure. But there's no closed systems is the thing. Something's It's going to leak. Stuff's going to leak regardless. Right. So, uh, okay. So next question. This one made me laugh. Hello, Will. Norm. Possibly Carrion Dorana. This is Taylor, a.k.a. Simeon from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Will TV Quest 2010 over? When will Audio Quest 2011 begin? I am looking to make some upgrades to my home, entertainment, center, and I am curious what you have in your homes, particularly in the speaker's department. For interesting trivia about my city, James Duhan was born in Vancouver in 1920. That didn't make me laugh. That just creeped yeah. me out. That was very it made me laugh because it was creepy as hell. It, it, it was horrible. <laughs> it was kind of that kind of laugh. Yeah, I, didn't, like a, I didn't like it. Uh, so uh, Audio Quest. Uh, Audio Quest uh, 2011 for Will isn't going to start until he has uh, uh, has cash in his hand. How do you listen to music at home? 
Uh, I use either the Apple TV or an iPod dock. So you, the music so you please play through your TV, whatever sound setup you have for your TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually need to change the way that's wired up because right now it's doing audio through the HDMI cable and I need to run uh, an optical out so I don't have to have the TV on in order to uh, to listen to audio because I don't have a re- – I, I need to get a receiver at some point in the future mm-hmm. that is an HDMI-capable receiver – I, I don't have one. I don't. I really at this point. I I spent so much money in December that I'd rather not spend any money for a while. And what do you listen to? You usually just listen to your own music collection, or do you have? Do you use like uh, Pandora, or um, what do you do? I do a little bit of RDO. I I have been experimenting with. I signed up for that this month and have been having fun with that. And that's just RDIO. RDIO. Right? That's yeah. not on your TV. That's on your computer. Well, but I do that on my iPhone and AirPlay it over yeah. to the TV. Right. Uh, and then the, the the other thing I do is just set up iTunes and and use remote to connect and blast it over that way. I used to have all the streaming stuff. I used to use like a squeeze box and all that stuff, but it ended up being such a pain in the ass. And the remote, the iPhone slash iPad remote Apple TV thing is so dead simple to use. It seems no like the uh, one one whole tech segment that really went away is the idea of people having like a hi fi stereo. Like well, a dedicated they, no, music no. Home system. theater is what that became. But that's what that is. But I'm saying, but the idea of like having that I, I tower. Remember the old tower systems that had like the turntable on top and then there was a CD and then a stereo yeah. and then a well, cassette I still deck. have that. I still have that stuff. It's just hidden away in a compartment. I don't have it anymore. It's, it's, I think it's split between the, uh, the home stereo system for your TV and then the iPod dock. Yeah, yeah, those things combined fulfill that. Yeah, I mean, I, my music, I either would listen to. We well, have an I, amp hooked up to your TV, though. Well, yeah, and so if I if I want to, I that's and that's probably the best sound system in my house. So I can you know either through air, I can airplay music either from the iPod, either from my iPhone straight to it, or you know do the iTunes streaming thing. Or more commonly, I just listen to music on my computer speakers on yeah, my, I mean, in, in my office. I, I've actually I, – I took off computer – took computer speakers off of my desktop PC about nine months ago. And I was actually thinking – because just because I was tired of having the wires everywhere and all the mess. And I was kind of thinking the other day that I, I missed the ability to just play music yeah. without having to wear headphones in the right. office. So you all scary. You have a receiver. You have a Sony receiver, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you, your speaker is actually – I mean speakers are so interesting because – there's a t- such a huge range. Well, your you speakers and my speakers couldn't be more different. Exactly. You have yeah. you have big. I have towers, floor have big pulse tower towers, speakers, right? yeah. and a massive pulk center mm-hmm. channel, and it gets great, great, great quality. My speakers are relatively tiny. My, I have a little Yam. I bought like a little five point one Yamaha set where the satellite speakers, the four that go, yeah, they you know, center left and right and rear left and right, are really not much bigger than you know a coffee mug. They're yeah. really quite small. See, I have the giant Klipsch towers, and then I have these big giant Klipsch rear channels that are like two and a half feet wide and a foot tall. I mean, I'm, and I don't have any place to put them. They're too that's the thing. Big. I mean, they are they do tend to dominate, and uh, I don't, I'm sure I could get better quality from more expensive speakers, but I don't think they could get much louder. I mean, you know, I oftentimes when I listen to a movie and like something loud happens, it's like, whoa, I need to turn this way down. And these little speakers produce a lot of the one thing that I need to do, and this is bugging the shit out of me, and I don't. I, it's something to do with the way that movie sound is mixed these days. Maybe I need to get a better center channel, but I'm always struggling to hear dialogue over Yeah, get a better else. center channel. Or just you can crank up the center volume, center right, channel yeah. volume. Yeah, yeah maybe I need to do that. Series. Just do that through the amplifier menus. Yeah, the, it's, yeah, it's usually buried in some horrible menu that'll take you Your, your receiver is new enough that you can... You yeah, can I need that. to go in there and crank up the center because Which, it's always off. I had a terrible time listening to the dialogue in the social network. I think they mixed it that way. Well, no, way. they mixed it intentionally that way. Like the opening scene, they wanted the ambient noise. Well, yeah, but I want, you know... You want to hear the dialogue. If I, if if I'm Aaron Sorkin and I wrote all this incredible dialogue, I would prefer if if people could understand it. Blame David Fincher. Yeah. I mean, that that well, Ruby Sky scene, you could barely hear what they're saying. I, and that clearly was deliberate because it was so down in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't – it was only when I went and read the script 
that I understood what was being said in that scene, and it was actually really incredible. I didn't know that whole story of the guy that founded yeah, Victoria's was, Secret. Yep. Yeah. Incredibly interesting. Yeah, but yeah. I, I didn't get it from the movie because the dialogue was was so far down in the mix. All you saw was Zuckerberg nodding his head. Yeah. Yeah, you need a better I mean I mean I get it, and that's a cool effect. That's what it's like being in a club, but I would prefer to have heard the dialogue. The thing is if you're buying if you're buying stereo speakers for, for movies, I've long thought you're better off buying a awesome center channel and an awesome subwoofer mm-hmm. and let the others be if you're gonna save money, scrimp on the other yeah. stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into and that's the great thing about the modular speakers, you can just swap them out. I well, can just go get a different center channel. There's there's something to be said about having matched speakers. Like the scary audiophile people tell you that that's that's a good thing to do. Um, I, I, I'm gonna at some point buy some cheap rear channels just so I have beeps and bloops coming from back there. Yeah, uh, because I, I miss that. I, I when we lived in the loft, we had I had this giant huge room and had big speakers everywhere and we could make it really fucking loud and shake the windows. And I can't do that. Anymore. So I'll, I'll share what I bought because I actually bought a whole speaker system. Uh, for Audio Quest 2010, I guess 2011. You didn't talk about this in the show at all. I didn't talk about this at all. Way to share, Chan. Well, uh, so I bought a whole set of Polks, and uh, I have an Onkyo uh, receiver, which I know Jeff and Ryan have had problems with after a year of owning. I've owned one before and did not have yeah, problems. Yeah, I've always HDMI heard on people that, right? having yeah, problems. Some, some people with have. Those. They say that just the HDMI craps out after a year. Something I'm hoping craps that won't out. be the case. But I have a six HDMI ports. Uh, they're all being used. It is 3D capable, so I'm, okay, I'm happy with that. It was reasonably priced, not too expensive. Uh, for the actual speakers, I actually bought last year's models, which are being phased out. Ooh, the speakers that's a good move. are something that you don't think Yeah, about who it. cares, right? Yeah, you don't really care, but companies like every other industry, they have new models every year, and they will phase out last year's models, which are almost just as fine. Yeah. Um, and if you find them on clearance, you can find them in JNR or even on Newegg. And I, so I bought like the Polk Audio 70s. They're just three, three-way floor standing speakers. And the nice thing about those is that as opposed to just attaching one um, – one, uh, I don't know, 7.1, I have 5.1. But so instead of attaching one pair of the red and blacks, there are two pairs. So it's actually um, – they're bi-amp speakers. Oh, OK. Um, so the front speakers are, are more D- powerful. Double pump, Yeah, they're double pump basically. Um, and the center channel, I got – I think it was uh, the Polk 110s. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, it's, it's very nice. Um, so my, my speakers actually have that dual pole thing too, and I never actually hooked up the second one. I just ran one to it. Well, you need the receiver, to, like the receiver. If it's seven point one, you can set the the uh, the side channel so they're not side channels. So oh, just doubling the okay. the front channels, so you get a little better wider range. Do you have to keep the wires the same length and all that? Um, I would think you would have to. Have to the wires are just the same, same length. Yeah. Okay. I, I just measured it out with my hands, um, and then I use just uh, the same. There's also pulks, but they're just. Uh, like they're like bookshelf speakers bookshelf, in the exactly. back, right? They're exactly just called bookshelf speakers in the back. That's what and, and that's what I basically have all yeah. around is they're yeah. all bookshelf speakers. Yeah. So you really, I mean, you're two tall speakers in a center away. Do you have a sub? Yeah. Yeah. Then having 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 a good sub is actually pretty important. I think. Yeah. I turn uh, the people. Yeah, your like, sub was a little hot on Monday. I didn't want to say anything. Oh, I, I like. I like my sub. I felt the I felt the floor move at one. Point. I, well, I, the I ca- the, the Ryan's camera, web streaming camera, which was yeah, mounted on it, I, was was kept moving because it was oh, shaking yeah. it all I around. I was just afraid the brown noise was going to hit at some point there. That, that's what you want. I want neighbors to complain because of the sub. And this, the sub, that I, I, the one time that I got complaints from the neighbors about the sound, it was because of the uh, the sub. The, you know, that's what reverberates. There's two things. You don't ever put the sub touching a wall. Right. And yeah. it's good if you put it up on like felt feet on instead of yeah. on the floor. You don't want to be right on the ground. But the best sub tip I've ever heard is that you put the sub in the center where you want to sit in the room. You like you put it on your couch where you want your head to be. And then you crank it the way the fuck up. And then you walk around the room and listen for the place that the bass sounds the best. Uh-huh. And then put the subwoofer right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
because you know it works in it's opposite. It works the opposite way. So you know if it sounds good in one spot, it'll project well from that spot as well. That's interesting. And you get you get mad bass if if that's what you're. And you know you you often don't think that you hear the bass, but turn you always hear turn the the, turn the subwoofer off, and you'll immediately notice the difference. I haven't heard had I I have big front channels, so I don't necessarily need the sub, but it's nice. Uh, with with no sub connected for the last three years, I've been a little sadder every day. And, mm. and going back to that that uh, social network scene, that Ruby Sky scene, when yeah. the, the sub is incredible in that scene. Oh, actually, during that, I mean, I, I almost reached for the remote because the sound kicks into such oh, a. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's, good again, it's mix. deliberate, but boom! It's like wow, I didn't realize you the volume was this high. Club. Yeah, um, but you guys talked about playing music off your uh, off the, the home audio system, the home theater audio system, and actually, I have done that. I've used the WTV Live Hub to play Pandora, but I actually don't like that because I'm it's more than I need, and I don't. The receiver is sucking a lot of power, and I'd rather just use a good iPod dock. So well, I I want to get that B and W really, really bad. That's a lot of money to spend, exactly. though. It, it is a lot of money. Save those pennies. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna play one more question, and then we should wrap it up. Hello, Tested Podcast. I'm Matt Blanchett from Kamloops, British Columbia, and I actually have two questions for you guys. First, this one's for Norm. In the case of a tie, who wins? And second, in many podcasts, you guys say that's racist whenever ethnicity is brought up. I assume it's the joke, and I'm just wondering how it got started. All right, fun fact about where I live, it gets up to 40 degrees Celsius in the summer and down to negative 40 in the winter. Nature kind of hates us. And Gary, I thought you might like to know that I am following your pro tip, and I'm using the microphone on the earphones for my iPhone. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. That was a good pro tip because he sounded he sounds really, awesome. He sounded yeah. solid. Yeah, uh, Norm. In case of a tie, who wins? No Neither one wins. No, everybody's a loser. You both yield, and uh, th- therefore you're the loser. So never tie is what you're saying. Yeah, winning, winning, uh, winning requires someone losing, but losing does not require. Someone I just saw Norm look up and to the left as he was generating a Norm meme in his head. <laughs> uh, the second part of the question was something that I don't remember now. Anybody remember? I got the negative 40 that's to positive racist, 40. Bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the origin of that, that's racist, is uh, – Will being extremely racist. Well, I think believe it was, I, uh, I, the, I was the long history of extreme racism <laughs> on this podcast. That's true. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, so I guess that wraps it up for our show this week. If you have a question, given the rebirth of the audio questions and Gary's awesome pro tip, use the headset mic if you well, use your phone they sounded They sounded good to us, but we could also hear them last week. No, last week we it was one of those ones where you had to hold it up to the ear. They and, sounded very, very clear this that's week. That's true. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to make sure this sounds good on the on the final master. If it doesn't, I'll just cut out the questions entirely. Uh, for Norman Ch- uh, if you have a question, podcast at tested.com is the address. Uh, keep it small and short, uh, under a minute, please, for the questions. And give us a little, a little info about your hometown. Uh, so for Norman Chan, Gary Whitten, myself, Will Smith, thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Stay tuned for, uh, you know, fake outtakes. Hi there. I didn't see you. That's it. It's our job. Sometimes we do stuff that's awesome. Sometimes we do stuff that's just dumb. And just... That's it. Somebody sent me a WMA question today. What's WMA? Windows oh, yeah. What's Media. WMA? Right. That is the right answer. <laughs> it is a file format that is impossible to open on a oh, Mac. Oh, no. I'm basically. familiar with that file format. It's just yeah. – um, can't you get like uh, Flip for Mac or something to open I'm, those? I'm well, gonna, iTunes used to have a setting where when you import a song, I would say, would you want to convert Who's, all your – Who still uses WMA? I, Windows. Guy who sent me a question Zoom. today. Uh, what, what, uh, so can we talk about the aftermath of the Star Trek thing? I want to talk about the science of Trek Stream and all the science that was uncovered – that we thought about 
Yeah. I love talking it. about science. What science? Let's talk about the science. Well, okay. Dyson, let's start with Dyson Sphere because there was a lot of controversy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dyson Sphere yeah. is Dyson fascinating. Sphere. I've brought up the Wikipedia page. Okay. I, and, I like where you're going with and, this. And I've always – we talked Research. about Research. Um, I mentioned this during a Trek stream and people didn't believe it. Uh, the question was brought up. There, is there enough mass you know, in, in, in a solar, in system. A solar system to adequately create a sphere around the sun? Well, because the thing the is sun. it has to be like 93 million miles out in order to uh, have the right gravity and stuff. It's basically like building a house around the sun. Well, essentially what you're doing is if people are unfamiliar with the concept is you're building a massive uh, mechanical, you know, artificial sphere. Yeah. Which is so – around a sun. The sun, so the sun is planet, at the core of it. Instead of having a ball of a planet orbiting yes. a tiny little ball orbiting at a yes. distance out, you basically enclose the sun. Yes. And the sphere is so far. I mean, basically, the circumference of the sphere is the same as the planet's orbit around the sun. So compared yes. to like uh, Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Bigger or smaller? I think quite a bit bigger. Okay. But then yeah. the idea is that the in, the internal surface of the sphere yes. is the planetary surface that you live on. Right. Because you, right. you have centripetal force. Pushing people out yes. away from the sun. So to put it in terms that gamers might understand, imagine Halo, yes. but instead of a ring, it's a an sphere. entire sphere. Okay. Well, Halo ring is only around a planet. Halo so is a about, Dyson ring. Right. But not, not around a star. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, was it around a planet? I thought it was around nothing. I thought it was just spinning. Oh, maybe it was yeah, it's a small I mean, though, so, yeah. though I can understand the concept, the, the dimensions that we're talking about here are so incredibly vast. I don't right. understand if, how if it could. flatten the earth. Yeah, like yeah. if you took all the mass and made up the Earth and flattened it so it was a millimeter thick, it would be a tiny portion of the surface of the yeah, Dyson yes, sphere. It wouldn't be able yeah. to make up a Dyson sphere. If you took the biggest planet in our solar system and flattened it, it still barely make up a piece of a Dyson right. sphere. Right. I mean, and the surface area on the inside is unimaginably vast. But, but yes, the, the benefit. I mean, is that trillions and trillions of people could live right. on, more, more on the inside. No, no, of the no, no, way more than trillions. Quadrillions? <laughs> I think tetrillions. Quingigillions? No, not that much. That's a lot. That so is the a power lot. of a quinquagillion. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it, okay. But the, the point is that right now we, we get the, the amount of energy we get from the sun is basically half the surface area of the Earth. That's, right. That's exposed from the sun. Minus what Mul- gets bounced off the atmosphere right. or doesn't come through. Take that multiplied by uh, trillions. Trillions. Well, look, there is. I mean, clearly. The, I mean, look. Look. The, uh, Ninety-eight percent of the mass in the solar system is the sun. Yeah. So and there isn't enough ma- – there isn't – I mean there's a lot of – a huge amount of metal and materials inside the sun. Yeah. But not enough to create a sphere that would completely enclose it at an orbit of 93 million miles. whoever was standing on the inside. Right. So, so my point during the actual Trek stream was that a solid sphere would be impossible to create even if you had the mass – because well, unless you can convert energy to mass. Well, but you could do what the Egyptians did, like the, like the stone that built the pyramids didn't come from there. I mean, it was, it was brought in from all oh, over. No. Even, I said even if you had the mass, the structural integrity of that sphere would not hold because of gravitational forces, because is, orbits aren't perfectly was, circular. Was this something that was proposed by a real scientist yes, or is this for, a yeah, science the, fiction? Henry Dyson, no, no, okay. I think, is no, the guy's Freeman, name. Freeman, Freeman Dyson. Dyson. And no, Freeman Dyson is a vacuum cleaner guy, no, isn't he? Freeman, I'm oh, okay, on, okay, on the okay, Wikipedia okay. page. Okay, okay, okay. Freeman Dyson, and the the theory is actually the Star Trek version of the theory is the most absurd version of the theory. The theory is actually you start with a ring, basically the halo ring, because mm-hmm. right. then you would have enough mass, or use uh, the Dyson bubble method, which you have satellite plates that aren't connected. They're not really attached. They're not really attached, but you build the plates one at a time. And when you build enough plates from a distance, it looks like you're surrounded. Or you get them in the appropriate orbit or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, there's not enough mass in the solar system. And given what we know about, you know, the way faster than light travel works and that it does not, 
you know, the amount of energy required to bring mass in from someplace else. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the amount of happen. energy and matter and scientific skill and knowledge that you would need. It's to, a thought it, it, may, it may as well be science fiction. It's, ah, it's so, insane. So there is, there is math on Wikipedia. I don't know if this is Ooh, actually Okay, right. lay it on us. But it says um, – Probably writer than what we've said so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the surface area of a Dyson sphere, if it was as – if the uh, diameter is – or the circumference is the Earth's orbit – so 93 million miles. Yes. Well, the, no. Uh, the, the circumference would be double that. Right. Because two pi times R. R. T- two, two circumference pi. would be just times. The radius is 93 million. The radius two, is 93. So it's, it's, it's circumference of 186 6.28 times million, 93. Yes. So yes. the surface area would require at least million. 272 quadrillion. Uh, so we are in the quadrillions. Kilometers squared. Yeah. Square kilo- kilometers. Yeah. What's the Earth's surface area? Oh. This uh, – I don't know what this. Sur- oh, 550 million times the surface area of the Earth. Well, that's and then, a lot and bigger. then the question becomes: That's even just creating the manic- mechanical sphere. How do you create a living habitat? The the, the Dyson sphere in Magic. Star oh, Trek had can, oceans and continents on the inside of it. And, and then nature finds a way. Come back in ten trillion years. <laughs> yeah. It's a question put, for put Jeff down Goldblum. some miracle grow and and wait a, a billion generations. Just think of all the fucking. You need like twenty quadrillion bags of miracle grow. Just to get an inch thick layer. Oh. So does the gravity work the other the, – because you basically got oceans that are facing inward. Does the, gravi- the sun's gravity keep them in place the same way that it does? Oh, no, 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 it's centripetal, not centrifugal. Yeah, centripetal. 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 Thank you. Force, because the sphere also spins, right? Because, yeah, it's rotating. It's it's like a satellite in geosynchronous orbit. It's now, rotating the, at the speed to you know. The problem that they that they uh, encountered on Star Trek, which seemed kind of weird to me, is that this this incredibly advanced species that had built this remarkable miracle of engineering, having done all that. They had failed at the first hurdle, which was they built it around an unstable star. Well, no, and you'd think assessing the stability of the star would be the very first thing that you well, would it could do. Have been that, really was, old. that was not. Yeah, it, it was really old. I think in in the Star Trek episode, the Dyson sphere was so old, which is foreseeable, that all the inhabitants, the trillions uh, and trillions of inhabitants, by that time had and, left. Right, and only now the star is reaching the end of its exactly. lifespan. Okay, right. that so makes sense. actually people living on it. Uh, well, and then here's the other thing. Once you do this, once you convert all the matter into your solar system and adjoining solar systems into this sphere, mm-hmm. if the technology that supports your civilization breaks down. We're talking about 550 million solar systems, yeah. possibly. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. But if that breaks down, then it's not like you can start from scratch and just dig a hole and find some more iron ore and start from the fucking bronze. The thing age is, again. wouldn't it? I mean, aren't we talking about millions? It's a, of years it's a thought to, I mean, even even if you could do it, the amount of time it would take is is it seems improbable. Unimaginable. Even with all the wonders of Star Trek, this would be by far the greatest wonder ever discovered. By any starship captain, and they never mention it ever again. Well, that happens all the time, though. They, they discover all kinds of incredible, amazing things. Right, the sex planet, nothing no, but sex. No, no. I, I, I would wager. I would say. I would argue that Dyson Sphere th- outweighs Sex Planet, dude. I, I Dyson Sphere. I, I mean, maybe maybe people aren't quite as horny in the future because it's not it like everybody's like. There's not a squeegee the guy in the holodeck. All the time in Star Trek, they encounter something which the actual ramifications of it would be. Huge, and then they just never mention it again. Right. I mean, didn't Kirk find God at the end of Star Trek Five? Yeah, but I think most people prefer to forget it. Well, it wasn't really God; it was just a powerful alien that was pretending to be God. Then there oh, are plenty okay, of those powerful enough. aliens. But you know, the tra- you know one Four. of the episodes that we rightly kept off the marathon list, where the transporter deages them all into children, oh, they have essentially <laughs> discovered the secret of uh, reversing aging. That's true, and it's all forgotten about next week. Rascals. 
Well, he, here's here's the other thing. This is the thing that I love about uh, Ian Banks's books. I don't know if you've read read his stuff, but the culture books are fantastic because the whole the whole idea that everybody's going to be the same. You go out into space for the first time, and like you're the preeminent uh, technology in a galaxy that's you know in a, in a universe that's billions and billions of years old, and our our the entire span of our civilization is three thousand years, four thousand years. Uh, you know. The idea that the Klingons and the Romulans and all the other aliens are the same exact level of development. Well, that was explained. Yeah, that's very convenient. Well, that they, did, they do explain they that eventually. It. They did because we we're all seated. Yes. By well, one alien but just race. because we we're all seated at the same time doesn't mean that over the course of billions of years we one one some wouldn't have right. advanced. We all much came at exactly the, the same pace. Well, it's also that's the reason for the prime directive. I mean, even on well, this right. even on this planet, some civilizations have developed much quicker than. But others. the point is, there should have been a lot more cues and travelers and yes, and there should have been a lot people. more non-humanoid aliens that just blow our minds to even observe right. them. Where's the Where's the silicon? They line? tried that on Enterprise. Like they they tried oh. to do some really don't, truly don't alien races. That. Yeah, I know. But the, anyway, the culture thing is really good, and it's they, their their whole thing is that even though they have this incredible galaxy-spanning civilization, faster than light travel, all sorts of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. There's still an infinite number of of uh, cultures of, of other You're saying groups this is out there that will destroy thirty four for the universe. Yeah, if you can think it, it must exist. Infinite universe. So there must be a Dyson sphere out there that might have been created billions of years billions ago. of years ago, surrounding right. a black hole right now. Because on a on a on a universal time scale, half a million half a billion years to make a Dyson sphere, not that long. Do you think that? Um, this may sound like a ridiculous question, but do you think that we'll ever figure out a way to uh, travel the, the, so the immense distances necessary to really kind of get around the galaxy and the universe? Or, yes. we'll, or, we'll, or we'll always be confined to a teeny tiny little pinprick of the, of the universe? I don't think it's really going to apply to me. I well, say, I mean, that's I why yes. I said ever. Yeah. I said, I must say yes. Life will find a way. I'm, I'm building my time machine now so I will – be able to go forward in time. I was interested. I've See always it. been fascinated by the concept of, of warp drive, which I thought was I thought it was great that they actually bothered to try and come up with a way to you know travel faster than light. That sounded, at least to a layman, somewhat like it made some kind of sense. Yeah. I was I was trying to be clever during the Trek stream and go because we were talking about uh, you know the relativistic nature of faster than light travel and how time passes different. Like by the time you actually get there, the time on that planet may have elapsed in a much different way. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I went home and Wikipedia'd warp drive yeah. and discovered that the way it works in fact actually exists outside Einsteinian concepts yes. of relativity. It's a different universe. Be- so even though space. you're traveling faster than light, yes. you are not bending time the same way. That's why it's called warp drive. So yes. you're, you're literally what you're doing is contracting the space in front mm-hmm. of you and, and expanding the space behind you in, thought, in a, inside a bubble. Hold on. I thought there was you jumped into a different universe where no, the speed no, of light you're was moving, called, No, you don't have transport. No, you are literally warping the space around you. Yes. So you're, you are actually pulling – You're making the, shit you're in front of you smaller. pulling stuff closer to you and pushing the stuff behind you farther away. Mm. Yes. Interesting. So yeah. instead, of, instead of moving through space, space is moving through you. Uh, to some extent, I just yes. Deanna Troyed that conversation. Didn't uh, I? Uh, I Wait, believe in so. that you killed it. You said something yes. really complex, and then I made it simple. Yeah, I think that's what you did. Yeah. yeah, it's like in every episode of Star Trek, whenever they explain a complicated uh, scientific concept, somebody has to come up with a layman's people skills. Oh, so it's like lighting a match. Yeah, I, yeah, I okay, have I get skills. it. Yeah, I get it. The now. 20th century analogy. Before before we wrap up the fake outtake section of the show, uh, Ryan Dot sent a question, and he said, "This is probably a question for fake outtake." So I'm gonna I'm gonna read it here. He says. 
my question might be more suited for the fake outtakes, but with living longer through gene therapy, having a slim to none chance of happening during our lifespans, at least not for humans, would you consider cryonics as an alternative? If so, would you freeze your whole body or just the head? Well, he- here's the thing with cryonics or cryogenics. Is it- is it- Cry- cryonics, cryogenics, whatever. Yeah. Is that it doesn't work because when your blood freezes – Shit explodes. It crystallizes and punctures all your capillaries and basically your body deteriorates. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm presumably we're looking at ways that don't just, don't just involve like well, putting you in a yeah, freezer. There, there, there is yeah, a pump you full of like aneophoresis type <laughs> yeah, there, stuff. There is frog blood out there that when it yeah. freezes, it doesn't crystallize. And so the biology exists. We just need to adapt our bodies to be able to survive it. I want fins. I'd be worried about the kind of future that I would wake up in. You ever read that episode, that uh, issue of Transmetropolitan? I don't want to be that Transmetropolitan What if the future is fucking awful? And well, it could be so culturally well, that, different and alien no to you that you wouldn't want to be there. You, that's why you do yeah, it, basically. You do it in a, at a point in your life where you're you're still conscious and you're you're capable, but but you've already you're so you're ha- saying you're you cut off the shitty last ten years. I mean, if you're facing death anyway, why not? Yeah, wake me up exactly. in a thousand years. Well, I'll no. look out the front door. If I like the look of it, I'll stick around. If not, I was dead anyway. And, and Back you know, in the pizza and, box. And, and yeah. you trust that by then they'll have reverse aging and gene therapy so that you'll be able to double your life. And maybe holodeck so I can just make my reality whatever I want it exactly. to be. Exactly. But I, back to the cryogenics thing. Like I said, I wouldn't use cryogenics. I just use relativity. I, so you'd I, launch I, yourself I travel, at near speed I'd launch, of light. Yes, I'd launch myself near speed of light in, in, in planets. So when I come back, I will have aged a minute and the Earth will have aged a thousand years. Well, but you'll age. At but least again, the you could. But you, but you could takes. be the Earth for a thousand years from now could be an awful place for you. Right, you could get back here and it's a well, desolate wasteland. But not even that. I mean, it could it could be a thriving metropolis, but the cultural mores and social norms would be so different to what you're used to. You wouldn't like living there. Or you could come back and they could worship Normas. They're gone. You know that, what? That, well, yeah, here's a way. You, yeah. You, you also assume that we would be the. I would wait to be the third generation. Like, like not buying a first gen Apple product, which. I, you do every time. Which I do every time. Just to be clear. I wouldn't be the first guy. I, w- I wouldn't want to be the first guy thrown into space. You don't want to be the first person person. on a generation ship. You want to go on the version two. That, or, once they've or, worked or out the, the version three. And hopefully by the time I'm 60, 70 years old, that will, that will be – Well, uh, the problem with being the first, the first generation on a generation ship is you're never going to get there. You want to be born on a generation ship. Close to the arrival. No, no, no. Point. You want to be in a, in a, in a re- freeze re- coffin. The, uh, well, that's not a generation ship. ship. Yeah. Right. The, the generation ship, ship is yeah. you actually – you're walking around. You get older. You have kids and you right. die and they I, live on. I thought that the whole science of generation ships was shit though. I thought that like there's not enough energy in the solar system to push something big enough for people to live on for hundreds of years through the interstellar wasteland. No, I think, um, I think, I think it'll work. That's yeah, but, that's, but I mean look. We live in a universe that has billions of stars, each of which have incredible amounts of energy within them. You can you, you know, use those as gas stations and plus, along the plus way. Plus you're talking about slow acceleration and over time acceleration no, 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 that's true. accumulates right. and then you're moving close to speed of light. But then anyway. you have to slow down to, to stop where you're getting. There's no fucking brakes well, on halfway, a spaceship. Halfway. Yeah. There's enough energy. Plus by then relativity kicks in and generation ship pays dividends. Okay. Like, anyway, the this, has been, this has been fun. Let's go play some board games, guys. I'm not done talking about this. Oh, I'm so no, this is good stuff. I, li- I like, got, I like the we'll, science we'll, we'll, chat. We'll TBD it for next week. All right. I'm sure any reputable scientist listening to us would right. be fucking it's, it's clawing what? their fucking eyes out <laughs> right about the now. Right. They're screaming. That is the fun. They're, about they're driving down the freeway, screaming at the radio. You fucking assholes! You know nothing. Quit we should endeavor. This, we should idiots. endeavor to get like a real astrophysicist on the show sometime. That would be fun. I, I think that yeah, it, it would either be fun or a hot mess. <laughs> I want. I want to talk about someone part of this who is part of the Singularity Institute. Oh, the you want to get Ray Kurzweil on? Well, the, on maybe the one line? of his acolytes, not necessarily a him. Kurzweilian acolyte. I, I would be f- afraid to be in the presence of him. For them, I would contaminate his his chance to to survive forever. Right, you don't want to cough on him. No, and give him exactly. Fucking, give you him don't the want to be the guy. Yeah, that's right. 
I'm hoping that Kurzweil lives forever. Me too. Because if Kurzweil lives forever, I can live forever. That's the, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, Why would anybody root I'll, against Kurzweil? Ch- chug those, you know, with five bottles of pills a day. Real quick, would you upload yourself into a computer? Oh, so yes. this is that's another form okay. of immortality that that's, we should be that's, looking that at. That was in the original Star Trek. This is the creator of the holodeck. It was um, what's his name? Oh. Doesn't matter. No, it does matter. The guy that created Dace, the holiday. Daystrom. Oh yeah, they named an institute after. That's right. Daystrom, his uh, and uh, his big invention was that he put his mind into a computer, and that was one of the uh, building blocks to the holodeck and having having consciousness. But would AI. you be willing to have a completely uh, sensory free consciousness? I mean, what what, what kind of sensory? No, dude, that would be in it? every fucking camera in the world. Are you kidding? I know, but you can't feel anything. You can't experience pleasure. How right? do you know? Oh well, so I mean, how how would you? What's we, your sensory we've input? We've set the stage for next week's science talk. Yeah, this that is, is this the is, cognitive this, experience. Yeah. This I have experienced as a cognitive science major. Norm, 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 Norm took my classes on this shit. We'll be oh, back yeah. next week. See you guys later. All right, <laughs> that was brain in a computer. <laughs>